podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Estás escuchando el We Are West End podcast. With me, Will Pugh, and my very good friend, James Jones. I am recording this live from Seville in Spain, ahead of West Ham United's first leg away, last 16 tie against Sevilla. It's potentially, and not potentially, definitely the most excited I have been about a West Ham United away game, slash West Ham away game, potentially in my whole life. is borderline up there with the FA Cup final in 2006 when we shared the FA Cup with Steven Gerrard, FC, James Jones. You, I'll, I'll be honest, mate, you look rattled. I, I've already had a good day, I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to lift the curtain a little bit. I've recorded the opposition view with the uh, Sevilla employee already, Dan McGuinness, who you hear from later, an absolutely blinding part of the podcast. That's been recorded already, that's in the bag. Tim Wildwood, one of our favourite Premier League opposition views, if not our favourite big Villa fan, big BBC guy. He's coming on later on as well. Um, I'm in Spain. You're not, which I am gutted about. And you refuse to believe me. You're flying to Scotland tomorrow. We recorded this Tuesday night. It's, so what's the time at the moment? It's 7.22pm in England. It's 8.22pm in Seville, where I am. My dad's having a snooze on the bed because we've been out for a couple of beers this afternoon in the Plaza de España already. I am absolutely beside myself with excitement about what's going on at the moment. I appreciate you got to work, do. Um, mate, I don't know what to say. I'm so excited to get this podcast out. I just have to do the awkward bit between that of actually recording the words with you. And I'm not trying to wind everyone up. This is huge for West Ham. It's huge for me and huge for the three to 4,000 West Ham United fans who are travelling out to Spain to see this game. I just, I'm just... Ah! I mean, I am I am absolutely delighted for you, mate. Personally, um, I can literally see it. I mean, see it on your face. You are literally. I mean, I can a definitely see burnt. Definitely, see you've had a couple of beers, but yeah, at the same time, at the same time, literally, if you could jump through my screen, my laptop screen, you probably would have done by now. Mm. Um, it's it's great to see you so happy. I haven't seen this happy in a while. Um, I'm I'm still. I'm not as excited about the game as I would like to be at this moment in time. That's purely right. because um, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> I got it well early. Yeah, it's yeah. Tuesday to start, and and also you know I've got a flight to up to Glasgow very early tomorrow morning. Uh, I've got to get a very early train to to Luton Airport of all places. Um, Mate, I mean, then, what are you doing there? And then, um, as we said before we went on air, I've chosen my career over going to watch West Ham in Seville. Which, which by the way, is a, an absolutely scandalous thing to say. Yeah. Because you mean, know how much I value my own career, but yeah, West Ham away in I've, Europe, mate. I, annoyingly, I'd already agreed and already booked to go on this before the draw. which is. I reckon I was, your colleagues would have let you off, though. I they might have done. Would. But small because I, I got to the point where I was a bit worried that I, I won't be able to watch the game um, but the good thing is I got the itinerary through for the next three days Excellent. and and we finish our um, group activity um, <laughs> at, um, at about four o'clock on Thursday and by the time we get right. back to the hotel we've got an hour and a half 
of downtime before we go to dinner and drinks. And that hour and a half is the exact hour and a half that West Ham will play. So um, I'm absolutely buzzing. I'm absolutely buzzing. So um, at least I can watch the game on my on my little Mate, phone. Behave yourself. Sorry, behave yourself. Um, don't get, at least I can. Uh, sorry, what? At least I hey, can watch the game on my I phone. Was, you work, really you're, you're, you're basically a sports journalist. You work for a sports journalism company. You're a, <laughs> a, a prolific and, uh, what's the word, uh, well-known, for want of a better phrase, West Ham fan with a, a, a hefty profile among West Ham fans. Not always positive. We'll, we'll not that. always positive, but no. You are not telling me that your bosses at work would for a second be like, uh, sorry, James. Well, we've actually got uh, work activities in, so oh, I know no, your club no. is playing the biggest game in their history or in modern era. But I'm afraid you're gonna have to go paintballing. I mean, don't get me wrong. If my boss spoke like that, then I would definitely tell him where to go. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, I, I, like, on a serious note, they would have allowed me to to watch the game, but it would have been kind of like while we're at the dinner table with the phone, and it'd have been a little bit awkward. Whereas this, well, time, you need I, to get a I new can, job then, mate. I can, I can go. And it's just it's been like I would have still have had to be. In, I can't let tell everyone to stop what they're doing for an hour and a half because it is there's like fifteen of us going, all high level management, by the way, um, and you. And me, okay, uh, yeah, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm the water yeah. boy. Yeah, um, <laughs> ran up to the bar. Uh, yeah. Sorry, what did you want? Four Stellas, was it? All yeah, right. yeah. So, um, but at least now I can sit in the hotel room and watch it in the hotel room on my phone, um, and just chill. Mate, that is tragic. You I mean, can't it's, be watching. It's, it's one of the biggest games our club's history. You watch it on your phone, your hotel room. The good thing is, is that it might be the biggest, one of the biggest games in our history. But we've got another one in seven days' time, which I am going to. Um, albeit it is in Stratford and not Seville, but yeah. I'm going to the second leg. Um, I've I, I couldn't, for the sake of my career, not go to what I'm about to go on because it's very very important. Right, but I still get to watch the game. Um, so the excitement hasn't really hit me yet. I think it will do probably about twenty five past five on Thursday afternoon. Right. Well, I'll tell you what then. I'll tell you what we're going to do before I dig out any more about your career choices and the general state of your colleagues. I'm assuming none of them listen because I'm probably going to go in on quite hard. Um, do any of your important bosses listen to this podcast? Uh, maybe is the question. I actually don't know. Right, well, I'll tell you what then. Anything that's said from here on in is nothing to do with James Jones and therefore his career should not be impacted by any <laughs> words that are said on the Real West End podcast from here. I think what's best, James, is to agree that um, given that your levels of excitement are going to be generally tragic until 20 minutes before kickoff in about two days' time, that we should let me lead this podcast. I've let you do it the last couple of weeks because I've missed the last couple of home games. So I think we should let me lead the, certainly the excitement levels and give the general feel of what it's like in Spain uh, for the about 20 West Ham fans that are here already. It's before Tuesday you, evening. Before, before you go, I'm going go to say something that I know you want to hear from me, and that is go that on. I'm incredibly, incredibly jealous of you right now and yeah. all the other thousands of West Ham fans currently over there or on their way over there. Um, I'm very, very jealous. Um, there you go. I never thought I'd ever be jealous of you, but I am. Well, I mean, let's be honest, there are so many facets of my life of which you are jealous. Um, <laughs> I can't think of any others off the top. I, I am taller than you. I am taller than you. Uh, yeah, okay. Fair. I'll give you and that my one. hair is better. My hair is better. I just have my hair cut. Leave it on. <laughs> I know, mine is still better. Uh, we are West Ham Podcast on YouTube if you want to find out for yourself. Right, um, James, before we get into it properly, I just want to give a few shout outs a little bit earlier on in the podcast. This week, Paul Chiddicks, um, guy we haven't heard from before, 
Got in touch. Great podcast, guys. Listen to this today. Wish I was going to the away leg. Good news about Bowen. Um, not, uh, good news about Bowen's injury not being serious as well. Keep up the good work with the pod. Chris Lale, uh, American Sevilla fan. Getting in touch. Luke Charles. Helen Ludlow. Thanks to you guys. Uh, Christian Hernandez. Enjoy the game in my beloved country and hope we can get a win and a great result. Hashtag Koyi. Gracias to Christian there. Uh, Steve Herbert. Uh, Nick Godwin. Cal Hughes. All the other guys you got in touch this week. Um, big positive response to uh, the little photo I put up from Gatwick earlier on uh, of me heading out to Seville. Honestly, I saw uh, Jack mate as well earlier, big YouTuber. Um, decided not to interrupt him. Uh, landed here in Seville, head of uh, Thursday night's game. If anyone has any decent recommendations of what to check out, let me know. We'll be bouncing around, uh, seeing what Seville has to offer. He walked past me earlier and I thought, you know what? If he's not recognising me from the We Are West Ham podcast, I'm not recognising him from yeah. Jack Mate on YouTube. Thank you, right. Thank you, right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Right, Jonesy. Um, yeah, I think I feel like you're going to have to keep me in line on this week's podcast. I've told you already, I've done the severe opposition view, which it was my favourite. We've got Tim Wildwood coming on later from Villa, who is outstanding, as we all know. Yeah. Um, but I uh, did the severe one earlier on, sat on the square, had a couple of beers with a young man from Northern Ireland who works for Sevilla, with my dad there, head of the game, had a great chat. Uh, about Thursday's game. We have got Villa in the league on Sunday and we will talk about that tonight because that's what we we owe our listeners and that's what we do for them <clears throat> Excuse me, every single week. Um, we, do, do you mind helping me out this week, perhaps with, with some of the housekeeping and stuff? I mean, I've got it all in front of me here. Is it something that you hear from me enough that you could perhaps do just to sort of shake things up a bit to make this feel like a, a new podcast or do you want me to do the, the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook spiel? You start it off, mate. I need to I need to get out the script. Okay, fair enough. Right, so a uh, bit of housekeeping. If you're excited by what you've heard already, um, then follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. Me and Jonesy have also got personal accounts, which we don't normally shout out. Mine's at Will... Uh, no, what is mine? At William Pugh underscore. Excuse me. Jonesy's is at by James Jones. Instagram, we're on we are West Ham pod. Facebook, search we are West Ham podcast. YouTube do exactly the same. We are West Ham podcast on YouTube. And I know I say this quite a lot. Go and watch the opposition view this week. Watch it because it's me and Dan McGuinness, Sevilla, uh, big dog, Europa League. Uh, sorry, big dog, social media guy for Sevilla FC, official club employee. And he was absolutely brilliant. You'll hear it later in the show on the podcast. But go and watch it on YouTube. Do us a favour. Subscribe while you're over there. You can email us if you like it. We are West Ham pod at gmail.com. The links to all the ways you can follow us and contact We Are West Ham are included in the description to this podcast. As always, loads of you have actually followed us with this week. We've had a little bit of a spike in followers and subscribers. Me and Jonesy doing... Stuff on the BBC in recent weeks helped that as well. And don't forget, of course, you can buy us a beer and support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash wearewesthand. I'd just like to say that some of the beers bought for Dan McGuinness for the Opposition View earlier on came directly from you guys. So whenever we say we're going to do it to make the podcast better, uh, that is a classic example of that. So thanks to you guys who have already done that at buymeacoffee.com slash wearewesthand. Jonesy. Uh, the what's coming up on the show. I haven't filled it in this week because I'm in Spain. I'm a little bit too excited to do the running order properly. 
Um, are you? Are you? Would you? Would you, do you want to take a guess at what's coming up this well, week? You know, we obviously do reaction first, don't we? So, yeah. Well, we've got two games to react to, haven't we? We've got the we've got the the dire defeat in the FA Cup to Southampton, um, which I almost forgot happened. Uh, yeah. And, and then, I think on this podcast we're probably going to forget happened. Yeah, we're going to try and forget it. We kind of I've, I've got a couple of words to say on it, but yeah. I mean, as I'm the worst West Ham fan in the world this week, I missed most of that one. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> um, and then we got the the, the narrow defeat at, uh, at Anfield on Sunday, which uh, or Saturday, sorry, which again I missed quite a lot of. Um, rubbish fan, absolute rubbish fan. Uh, and then we've got your incredible opposition view. We've got the West Ham women, I believe. We've got Tim Wildwood for, for the Villa opposition view. And then we've got final thoughts, I believe. We'll look ahead to the Villa game as well. And and uh, I'll tell you what, mate. I'm going to give you an 8.5 out of 10 for that. Uh, I That's not too bad. You. Yeah, early doors. Because I dumped the what's coming up on the show. Oh, we've got, cha- we've got charity bets as well. There we go. 10 out there of 10. 10 out of 10, right. Jonesy. You know, you get a 9.5 out of 10 because the order was a little bit off. But you got everything in which is all that matters. So, as Jonesy said, Southampton reaction, Liverpool reaction, Betway charity bets, two banging opposition views, a little bit of West End women, and then some final thoughts from me and Jonesy. But, of course, we'll start, even though you might not want to hear it, with reaction to West Ham United's two recent defeats, starting with Southampton. <laughs> Jonesy, Southampton away, FA Cup. I think, I'll be honest, I called it before. It was one of those. We had a weird little, me and you watched Kidderminster Harris away together, didn't we? Mm-hmm. In the last round. It wasn't pleasant watching. And I mean, neither was the last round either against Southampton. Um, we are out. Southampton are on good form. We are not. It's not the most important thing we've got going on this season. In fact, at the time and still now, it was a third most important competition we were playing in of the three competitions we were playing in. Um, people want to go far in the FA Cup. Of course they do. This season, I am way less bothered than I've been in previous seasons, going out away to a fellow Premier League opposition team who are in good form. I say at the beginning of every season, I don't want to go out the cup in shame. We haven't done that this season. Southampton are okay. We're playing away in the Europa League this week and we're doing really well in the Premier League. Just that's how I feel about it. Tell me your thoughts about the game if you want to. Yeah, yeah kind of, I kind of feel the same. The only thing that frustrated me about that that game was the fact that when the teams were announced and Southampton had made like eight changes, we'd gone really strong. Uh, and you kind of felt, well, okay, like we should win this game. Southampton have, have, have for some reason rested on the players. Um, let's let's get, get into the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. And it just, which has been a bit of a trend recently, is that we've just decided that we're not going to turn up. We were a lot better against Wolves, and then what? Four days later, whatever it was, we just for some reason just didn't really turn up. Rubbish in the final third. Um, it just wasn't great. wasn't great. But uh, I watched most of it on my phone on the train home from work. You love and, watching um, a West Ham game in your phone these days, mate, don't like, you? Yeah, well, I mean, it's just it's convenient. It's convenient. I watched it on the train, and actually, Antonio scored while we were on the train. Um, and I jumped up on on the Thames Inc. and went, "Come on, yes." Where, what yes. station? Whereabouts um, were you? I think I was coming through at the time. I think it was around about Hendon. I think 
fine. Between Hendon and Cricklewood. And um, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I jumped up and the, the poor the poor bloke in front of me, bless him, I think he was reading his book or something. He almost, like, the, the book almost flew out of his hands. He made him jump so much. Um, so, yeah, what was he reading? Fun. I can't remember, mate. I, I don't know. Well, I see. No, Cricklewood, um, I sort of felt you telling the truth then. If you don't know what book he was reading when he threw it on the floor, I feel like. <laughs> Martina Cole, like criminal thriller? or hey, mate, Maybe, maybe, mate. I'm not. Harry Potter? Who knows? One of the adult versions where the cover yeah. looks different. Yeah, I don't know, mate. Honestly, Hello, Dickenio's autobiography. Absolute that, excellent read for anyone who hasn't. That was it. That was it. That's what he was reading. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but then by the time I've got home, and we're, it's, well, I think by the time I walked in my front door, it was um, Brozier's score to make it 3 1. And I was just like, oh, well, I'm done with this. And I got over <laughs> it very, very quickly, to be honest. I did get over it yeah. very quickly. So, um, but yeah, that's my thoughts on it. It's like, it's yesterday's news now, isn't it? We're out of the FA Cup. Yeah. Like you said, we went out to a Premier League team, so it's not the end of the world. Just a little bit frustrating because they were a weaker team on the day. Yeah, sort of. But away from home, Premier League team, that's okay. Okay. Jack, it's not going to be one of them you remember for 10 years, embarrassingly. Exactly. And Jack Rosser tweet, um, WhatsApp me the following day. Obviously, friend of the show, Evening Standard Journalist, big hey. Saints fan. Yeah, meeting um, up with him on Thursday in and Seville. He, he, he WhatsApp me the following day and I just went, maybe we've got bigger fish to fire in the Europa League next week. So, yeah, yeah whatever, exactly. whatever, mate, whatever, calm down. Yeah, yeah that might mate. actually be why he texted me earlier saying, where are you staying? If wanted to yeah. go for lunch, just talk about that game. But, yeah. again, tragic. Tragic, Blake. Don't need to hear from him. Up, Jack. Um, moving on, I'll tell you what, Jonesy, we'll just we'll smush all the reaction into one section, I think, because, yep. well, mainly because we'd lost both games. And this is very much a podcast about looking forward. Liverpool away at the weekend. Ultimately, yeah, all right, a stunning performance at Anfield. I know people are impressed, but it's not a stunning performance. It's a stunning performance if you score some of the guilt edge opportunities you've got. I don't want to hear that how improved Mikel Antonio was. He's a striker. Strikers have to score goals. He still hasn't scored goals. Manuel Lazzini, great bit of skill to open himself up. He took to Instagram earlier, and everyone knows he didn't. His team took to Instagram earlier because he posts absolute attritional, boring, dull crap after every single game. And to say, oh, sorry for the uh, proud of the boys. Sorry for the miss. (sighs) Go away. Whatever, mate. Great skill. Just don't bother tweeting it, but everyone knows it's his team. Uh, and yeah, Lanzini should score. Antonio, yeah, he played, but he didn't score again. Uh, I don't know. The people are really like singing and dancing because we didn't lose, like get fresh at Liverpool. Liverpool there for the taking. A decent Premier League team would have got a point. Uh, we didn't. Yeah, I'm not as impressed with it as everyone else seems to be. It's almost like, oh, we only lost 1-0. And I think probably on last week's podcast, I said I would have taken a 1-0 defeat. And yeah, I probably would. But like, the, let, let's not cheer and clap and applaud the performance because the finishing is shoddy, just as it has been in the final three weeks, just because it's Liverpool, who people think are outstanding this season. But it's still amateur hour in the final third. It's been like that for, like I said, for the Southampton game, it's been like that for a while. Um, and yeah, I mean, even the Wolves game, we had plenty of chances. We can only score one. Um but at Liverpool, yeah, it was a good performance. But like you said, that only really counts for something if you if you win the game, we'll take something away from it. Um, and I don't really buy buy the whole. Oh, well, at least we only lost by one game. Oh, yeah. I just uh, just like to make everyone aware of what's happening. My dad's uh, ringtone. He's having a snooze on the bed. 
Uh, wake me up before you go go is his ringtone. Um, <laughs> just gone up. Not quite clear it is at the moment. Could have been mum, could have been nan, could have been anyone. But uh, Josie, carry on. This is what we do on the We Always Sound podcast. Roll with the punches. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't buy the whole, oh, we only lost by one goal because, you know, I think that's five games in a row now where teams only won by a single goal between those two, between West Ham and Liverpool. Um, so it's not as if like, <laughs> and it's not we, us, yeah. yeah. And it's it's not as if we get bat- we've been getting battered by them over the last couple of years. Like it's always tight, even at Anfield between the two. Yeah. Um, and on the day we we should have come away with a point, we didn't. Yeah, the performance was good. Four hours in the first half, you know, he successfully chipped. Um, uh, don't talk to me about that. Successfully, don't. successfully like looped the ball over at Allison. But I mean, my two-year-old son's got a stronger kick than that. And sorry, no, and I I know I'm moaning about Antonio, but he should be screaming for that. And he might have been, he might have been, to be fair to him. But I tell you what, he should have been proper giving it to him afterwards because that was a disgrace. There was a classic sweaty FIFA goal on there. Antonio should be screaming at him, lay it off, lay it off, lay it off. He lays it off. Antonio slots it into an empty net. Lanzini misses an absolute sitter. I'm bored of any sort of faux positivity about how good we were by only losing one goal. Liverpool, Liverpool were there for the taking. We didn't take him. That's unprofessional. Yeah, um, I mean, I missed I missed the bulk of the second half because I was building a wardrobe. Um, honestly, so. <laughs> honestly, I don't know what to say. I, I've obviously had a few beers and getting a bit braver on this week's podcast. Right, but yeah. you're getting braver by just telling me what you've been doing instead of watching West Ham United. Yeah, I, you're the co-host of one of the most I had foremost it. forefront West Ham United podcasts that I exist know, on I Apple know. Podcasts, Spotify and all the other major Spotify podcast platforms. I mean, just say Spotify more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just... I was. I watched the first half. Lucy was building the uh, the the wardrobe at the bedroom. It all went wrong because Harrison was causing all sorts of havoc. So I said, "You should have put him in the shed that you've built." I should have put him in the shed. Really, stop I? building stuff for him that he's right. not going to use. But I did. I, I ended up. I said, "Right." I watched the second half on my phone while building the the, the wardrobe. Um, which sorry, the... why can't you build a wardrobe in front of the TV? No, because then you got there was no way we get we got big it's like a big double huge wardrobe we won't get right, that. I've been it. in your flat. I've been in your flat. Okay, stop yeah. trying to build up. Just, 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 Honestly, it's oh. but anyway, I did watch. I watched most of it. I saw the Lanzini miss. Um, the big worry, obviously, was the was Bowen limping off. Um, yeah, and that was the moment where I almost put the hammer through the wardrobe and just gave up. <laughs> and the TV. And the TV. <laughs> and the shed. And the shed. And the, like and the. Bed and Lucy. It's going to jump off the balcony. Uh, I was just like, "What on earth's going on here?" Um, luckily, he doesn't seem to be that serious. I don't think he's going to play on Thursday, which is annoying. But he definitely isn't. Or Villa, um, apparently. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was a frustrating game. I think, given the fact we did play well, and we should have taken something from it. Um, but yeah, and then Arsenal win, and then Tottenham win, and suddenly. We're we're now seventh and kind of like well, you know, this is going to be a bit of a job. But I think many people expect us to go to Liverpool and one perform that way and two get anything from it. So I don't think we can look at it as a season-defining game. But you got you got to take chances when you when particularly a cup a team like a, a, a ground like Anfield, um, and particularly a club when, a team or a ground. Sorry, uh, all, all three, <laughs> mate, all three. Um, the, the one. Big problem, and I tweeted about this after, and I had a couple of people pipe up over. Did it. anyone like it? 
Or did it I'd, go I'd, I had a few likes. I had a few. I had a couple of people respond. Um, right. The Mane goal questions over whether he was uh, onside or I offside. Can't be bothered, mate. Of course um, it was. Firstly, firstly, what on earth is Fabianski doing? Like the ball comes across him, just just stop the ball, mate. Like just. <laughs> Just go to the ball. Like You're allowed it. to use your hands, actually. Yeah, just just jump forward, and you've stopped the ball from reaching. If you want, you can catch it. Yeah, you can. You can use your hands, Fab. But um, and he you kind of stands there. Yeah, exactly. You know, he just stands there and kind of allows it to go past him. Mane comes in, and I just tweeted. I was like, you know, Mane's onside, even if he's offside at somewhere like Anfield. Yeah, of don't, course, of course. Like, he's onside. There's no doubt offside. about that. Of course, um, yeah. you you, literally, you do not get decisions like that at Super League grounds. Doesn't happen. Nice. So just just you know at by James don't... Jones on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Follow me. Um, so yeah, just I, there's no point in even being annoyed about the fact that, that that goal was allowed to happen, even though yeah, um, he was offside, but he was onside because it was Anfield. So yeah, is what it is. But yeah, other than that, place for Liverpool. Other than that, it's not um, it's not the best analysis of a of a game that we've ever done on this podcast. But there is an well, elephant. It, no, there's an elephant in the room, mate. mate. There's an elephant in the room, and that's this Thursday. Yeah. And I think that's all anyone really cares about is is Thursday night. Um, Couldn't agree more. And you know, we've got to put the Southampton game. We've got to put the Liverpool game behind us, and really look forward to what is an incredibly historic seven days at, at West Ham United Football Club. Um, with uh, a really annoying Premier League fixture against Villa in Sandwich yeah. in between. Oh, mate. Uh, like, uh, look, I'll be do we need to play that? We're recording this Tuesday night, so it's a, it's a historic nine days from when we record. Whenever the podcast goes out, we're not quite sure yet. Do our best to get it out tonight, but it might not. Uh, mainly because I'm usually responsible for getting the podcast out. I've had at least six beers already. Um the game against Aston Villa, mate, honestly, I'm fortunate enough because I booked Thursday to Sunday off with work. Um, and then just like, because the only flights I could get were Tuesday to Saturday, I've had to book virtually a week off <laughs> to go to one West Ham game. Uh, so unfortunately, I forgot Sunday off, so I'll be going to the Villa game as well. I'll be quite frank, mate, I could not care less. There was ever playing at home to Villa on Sunday. But if anything, I'd rather us just play the under-14s and lose 12-0 than just crack on. No, hit match. Hit match. Oh, oh, actually, mate, I don't agree with you. Leave it out, mate. Honestly, I'm so excited for Thursday and next week. Is it, if we beat Sevilla and get through the Europa League, it's absolutely mental. Um, be right, Jonesy. Look. Already said what I said about both games at the beginning. I don't need to say any more. Liverpool in particular, sorry, we should score those goals. People applauding Mikel Antonio confuses me. He's a centre forward. He hasn't scored. He's, I mean, you can tell me the stats, Josie. You're the West Ham stats guy here. Mikel Antonio stats recently. When was his last? I know he scored one out of in the blue. He's got um, one going about twenty-two. Is that correct? I think, it, I think no. I think it's it's now four in twenty-one. I think. Right. I mean, yeah, that's not I okay. Mean, but anyway, not let's leave that. So, anyone thinking we were superb at Liverpool? Yeah, some play was good. Mark Noble, by the way. Let's let's end on a positive. Mark Noble, fair play. Came on last ever game at Anfield, probably. No, I, I know you're laughing, but he genuinely did play well. Put a couple well. of passes in. Did he well. did all right. Nice for, I like what Moyes has done. I like that. 
keeping up morale, keeping up Noble's morale. Noble obviously loved it, said he wished the game had gone on for longer, probably because he was our only flipping attacking threat, which just tells you everything you need to know about Ben Rama et al. Um, but yeah, look, we lost those two games. This podcast is not about reaction, despite the fact we're 28 minutes into it. There's loads more. Looking forward, coming up, uh, and it starts next with the Sevilla opposition view. I am delighted to say that for the first time in We Are West Ham podcast history, bringing you a live broadcast, and I, by, I say live, it's not live at all, it's pre-recorded, but from abroad, West Ham United playing away in Europe. I know we've done it at Genk, we've done it at Rapid Vienna, but this week we play Sevilla away. We beat Manchester City in the Manchester City Cup earlier this season, and now we aim to beat Sevilla in the Sevilla Cup this week on Thursday night. I'm delighted to say that joining me as an official employee from Sevilla FC is Daniel McGuinness. Excuse his accent. You might think, hang on a minute, he doesn't sound very Spanish if you ask me. It's because he's from Northern Ireland. He's a big dog in the Sevilla social media team, and I'm delighted to say that he's joining us today on the We Are West Ham podcast to chat all things Sevilla ahead of that Europa League clash on Thursday, potentially the biggest game in West Ham's history. Daniel, thanks so much for joining us. What a setting this is, by the way, and this is your life, week in, week out. Yeah, well, well, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, you're not wrong, sitting here in the sun in March. It's not a bad place here, Seville. And yeah, whenever the draw was made, seeing West Ham, obviously, you know, for being a Premier League fan, it was an exciting draw, and that's good to have you over and have a little chat about the game. Middle of March, me and Dad have come out this morning, disappointed to see the rain on the floor. Uh, I got to, what are we now, 20 past five in the evening. You've rocked up in a coat. Dad's desperate to take his jumper off and get the shorts out. Um, we're, we're, we're absolutely loving it. There was rain on the floor as we landed this morning on Tuesday. Uh, is this your life, day in, day out? Yeah, it was, you probably brought the rain over with you from England. <laughs> But no, nah, actually, as I was saying before, this is a little bit chilly for March. Like, you know, I'd be expecting five or so more degrees. <laughs> but no, nah, I think whenever you live here for a while, you get used to the temperature. Like, Sevilla, the weather here is ridiculous. Like, you're talking, come May time, it'll be 30 degrees every day. And then come, come July, August, you're 40, and that's way too much. Like, even Sevillians, you won't see them out in the streets. So we do have our... You know, the two months of summer aren't the most pleasant in terms of being out in the beating sun, but other than that, in Europe it must have the best climate around. Like I can't think of anywhere that beats it, and you get very, very little rain, so it's not a bad place to be. Fair play, mate, fair play. I think from my point of view and the point of view of the listeners, that's probably enough weather chat. Um, for those of you who are used to impeccable audio for me and Jonesy, Jonesy isn't here at the moment, unfortunately he's up in Scotland on a work do he's assured me he will be watching the game and I'll be linking up with him later on in the evening on the podcast the trams rattling by there's people locals enjoying a beer on this sunny Tuesday evening in March people riding bikes around in I must say a very haphazard fashion the (laughs) cycling lanes in the city doing no good whatsoever for my anxiety levels but we're here to talk about football your life sounds absolutely awesome working for Sevilla day in day out we are here to talk about football you admitted to me earlier on that you have never spoken 
to a West Ham fan in your entire life. So, first of all, you're welcome for this fantastic new experience uh, this evening, chatting to me and my dad, having us bend your ear about life in East London and Essex and what it's like supporting the mighty Hammers. You, uh, it's fair to say, have adapted yourself, having worked for Sevilla for a long time, you're now a Sevilla fan, uh, so automatically you're used to more success than me and my club are. Uh, what for the, for those of us, you know, the, the the listeners to the podcast who might not know much about Sevilla, their history, their recent history, their long term history. What can you tell us about the club that you have now grown to love? So obviously, I think having lived in the UK, Ireland, I think people do know Sevilla, but not very well. I think people would know them as their oh, they're that team that win the Europa League <laughs> usually. Obviously, that's the stereotype that you have of Sevilla but not many people would know that we were on the verge of bankruptcy back in 1999-2000 we started the 21st century in the second division uh, the president at the time uh, Roberto Ales what a pronunciation that was by the way he told us man studied Spanish <laughs> so he even said uh, you know he later went on to say that there wasn't even enough money to pay for extra balls at training so I think it's important to contextualise just what Sevilla have accomplished in these 20-22 years we started the 21st century in the second division got immediately promoted and then a man that perhaps English listeners will have heard about uh, Mr Monchi he got appointed, he was a goalkeeper after his retirement, he got appointed as director of football. And since that, the club really hasn't looked back. Slowly established themselves as a kind of UEFA Cup qualifying team in, uh, in La Liga. UEFA Cup, aka the tournament that people respected before they changed it to the Europa League, <laughs> and everyone was like, meh. <laughs> yeah, it was the, the OG, the original, the original uh, Europa League. But yeah, so just kind of got some qualifications for that. And then really everything took off in, uh, in 2006, whenever we won our uh, first UEFA Cup, 4-0 against Middlesbrough. And even then, you had some you know, famous players. You had Dani Alves, you had uh, Jesus Navas, you had Luis Fabiano, you West Ham fans will know uh, Frederick Unute. So, you know, in six years, Monsi built a very, very strong team with very little money at his disposal. Then we went on to win the uh, UEFA Cup immediately again the next year, uh, a two-all draw against Espanyol, winning on penalties. And then we had a little break. You know, we let other people have a chance. <laughs> a little break from <laughs> success, yeah, yeah. Also known as the entire time I've supported West Ham has been a break from success. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, then obviously the UEFA Cup got remodelled as the Europa League. Unai Emery, as uh, your English listeners I'm sure will will know, he came in, won three back-to-back Europa Leagues, not too bad. And then, you know, we were then kind of with the rule that uh, winning the Europa League qualifies you for the Champions League that was brought in around that time. We started having more appearances in the Champions League, left the Europa League to the side a little bit, but we were back in it in uh, 2020 and uh, got a win in it. So, yeah, certainly... We were a team that very much enjoys this competition and although we are a team that now wants to be in the Champions League, I think Sevilla fans will, you know, this is our competition and we're happy to be, we're happy to be in it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, for West Ham fans this season, playing in the Europa League is, for me, I'm 30 years of age and being in Seville with my dad, watching the team away from home, 
who I've watched most of the time begrudgingly for 20, 25 years, home and away, going up and down the country, dragging myself to home games on a Saturday to probably be lucky, feel lucky, excuse me, if you've got a one-all draw at home to a rampant Middlesbrough. This feels like, it just feels like another world. It feels like a dream come true. We were saying on the plane over this morning how it feels like a, we feel like we've completed support in West Ham. For you obviously know where West Ham sit in the the Premier League echelons, if you like. Um, and although they're probably one of the better supported teams in Europe as far as uh, attendances and things like that go, what, what's it like being from a town, a city, excuse me, like Sevilla, where you've got two teams, Sevilla and Real Betis, if anyone didn't already know that. Betis playing Eintracht Frankfurt on Wednesday night in the Europa League. What, what's it like being in a city like that, where certainly on a European stage, your team is regularly more successful? Sevilla second in the La Liga at the moment, and we'll get on to like, current domestic form. But how does that feel? Because in comparison, West Ham feel like a big club as far as when we go, we're bringing 3,000 fans this week, there'll be at least another 1,000 more in the ground, no doubt. What's it like following a club like that whose European reputation is so huge, yet fans in England would probably say, well, we're a bigger club? Yeah, well, you know, as, I'd say, as I said, you know, we started back in 2000 in the second division. So I think not not too long ago, Sevilla fans would have been having similar feelings. I think whenever you speak to a Sevilla fan about what they felt in 2005, 2006, they'll tell you, you know, it was the it was the pinnacle. But yeah, it has been 15 years now that Sevilla have been amongst the top of European football. So I think, you know. The club, there's been certainly a shift in mentality. You know, the club over, certainly, I think perhaps those two first UEFA Cup wins were kind of a dream that really no one ever expected. But then whenever Emery came in, won the three uh, Europa Leagues on the trot, and we've consolidated that with top four finishes over the past few years, I think there has been a shift in mentality at the club. And, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, uh, it's certainly... A club where the fans, as you, as you rightfully mentioned, there are two football clubs here, and in Seville, the city, the passion is is huge, absolutely huge. Speaking to Sevillans, you know they'll tell you that possibly it's here in Seville that football is most passionately followed. Obviously, you've got huge footballing cities like Madrid, Barcelona. Perhaps the Sevillans are biased, but they'll tell you that this is where football is, as I said, lived to the full, like with the most passion. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because West Ham fans might know at the moment. They probably won't, they may not have known that Real Betis were based in Sevilla until a the Europa League draw came up, and we were all looking for flights and what airports we had to fly to as soon as the draw was made. Um, and also, perhaps when Manuel Pellegrini took over, a man with uh, a, a somewhat varied reputation among those at the London Stadium. Um, but to focus on to focus on the game this week, Sevilla at the moment. I think there was a mixed reaction among West Ham fans. I know. So last Friday it was when the draw was made. I was sat in front of the TV with the uh, Jao Pinto, I think his name is, the guy who does all the Europa League draws, fronting the draw up with Palop uh, as his little assistant, not speaking any English, getting all that translated. 
just absolutely desperate to see who West Ham were going to get in the last 16 of the Europa League. Uh, I had my laptop set up in front of me with Skyscanner up, just ready to book flights. So wherever we were going, straight away, just absolutely praying that it wasn't Glasgow Rangers because I'd already booked four days at work, four days off work, and the last thing I wanted to do was go to Scotland for a long weekend. Sevilla came up, and immediately, straight away, I was just buzzing. Southern Spain, March, sun's going to be out. What a huge European club this is going to be booked the flight straight away and it was only about 24 hours later after I called my dad told him the flights in the hotel were booked that I thought oh blimey I forgot we've actually got a title win here and we're almost certainly going to lose um, when you know obviously West Ham fans are just it's so novel being even this far in the competition for civilians who are used to winning it three times as you've mentioned already what was the reaction uh, in within the club and then among the fan base when West Ham United were drawn out the hat? Well, I'd say certainly considering the opponents that we could have got, I'd say that West Ham would have been up there as one of the ones that we didn't want to get. I think of qualifying teams by their you know by their ability, West Ham would certainly be up there. With I think personally, the teams that I didn't want to get at this stage of the competition would have been West Ham and uh, Bayer Leverkusen. I saw them as the two strongest options. We got West Ham, and yeah, Monchi immediately. You know, in case anyone doesn't know who Monchi is, he's our director of football. He gave a press conference after, and he said that uh, you know, ideally. You know, we probably wouldn't have wanted to get West Ham at this stage. But then he went on to say, but West Ham probably aren't too happy of getting us either. So I think it's too... I think it's certainly, you know, one of the, if not the most exciting tie of the round. Certainly for an English supporter, seeing a team like West Ham come up against a European, Europa League heavyweight. So certainly I think they're two teams that perhaps would have rather avoided each other at this stage of the round of 16. It's more a tie that... You know, you'd want to see in the semi-final, final. But that's what the draw is given. And, yeah, it'll be two, be two teams who are enjoying both positive seasons coming together. And we'll see who comes out on top. I like the... Uh, I like that, that last little bit of your answer there is very much a severe employee answer. Um, West Ham at the moment, I would say the former's is stuttering. Sevilla sitting in second... In La Liga, you've got Barcelona beneath them, Valencia beneath them, all these big be- Atletico Madrid, Atletico Madrid, excuse me, beneath them, all these big behemoths of Spanish football, only Real Madrid above them at the moment, albeit by a reasonable margin. I think not only would West Ham have been fearful of, of playing Sevilla in any other season, given that I think it's generally accepted that Sevilla are one of Spain's top six. But second in the Liga this season, form unlike we've ever seen in Seville before. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong by all means, but I think fans of West Ham would go, oh, Seville, that's OK. And then they look at the Liga and go, oh, maybe not. Yeah, well, I think we've had our European success throughout the last 15 years, but really where we've seen the upturn in the league has come with Julian Lopetegui, who came in three years ago. And since we appointed him, we haven't really looked back in the league. In his first year, we finished with 70 points and uh, finished fourth in the league, getting us Champions League uh, qualification after one year out of it. 
then the following season he followed that up with 77 points which was, which was our point record we finished fourth but we finished about 20 points above fifth and now this season obviously we've and we've kept on improving as you rightfully say we're sitting second and you know for quite some months now it's clear that the title race in Spain is between Real Madrid and Sevilla in the last month, Barcelona have had a very impressive upturn in form under Xavi, has to be said. With Mr. Aubameyang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not too, too badly. He got himself a good few goals. But yeah, so the title race in Spain is Sevilla, Real Madrid. We're doing, I think with Sevilla, the points are there. The points are there, certainly. But uh, Sevilla, under Lopetegui, are a very results-based club. You know, a lot of a lot of one nils, a lot of matches that uh, perhaps you won't go to home. You won't go home thinking, my word, what a match of football I've seen. But whenever you're in March and you're eight points behind, <clears throat> eight points behind Madrid, we had a disappointing uh, weekend that we drew and Madrid won, so they just opened the gap a little bit, which is disappointing. We still have to play Madrid on Easter Sunday, so you know, as long as we keep Madrid within a reasonable points distance, the title race is still open. Although Madrid did just extend the gap a little bit this weekend. When was the last time that happened? I mean, first of all, when's the last time Sevilla won a title, if ever? This, forgive my lack of La Liga knowledge here. Um, and uh, assuming that's been a, a long, long time, when has it been this close? Yes, so uh, we have won La Liga once. I hope I hope I don't get this wrong. But I were you alive? I certainly was not. It was a long time, even from conception. Was I alive in 1991? <laughs> no, no. We're talking about 19. Was my dad alive in 1964? Nope. We're. <laughs> oh my God. We are talking about 1946. I hope to have not gotten that date wrong, but I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's 1946. So that's the last La Liga title we've Hang got. on, sorry, two secs. I'm just going to ask my dad quickly. Was your dad alive in 1946? Yeah, just... <laughs> he was about four years old, I think. That's my grandfather. So, I mean, we're not exactly talking um, st- La Liga stalwarts here, are we? No, so like we've had our love story in European football, but in league football, we you know we don't have the titles that obviously a Madrid or a Barcelona, but even say a Valencia can back up. So yeah, it's certainly been a long time. Well, geez, decades, decades since we've won the league. Our last big title race that would have been in the uh, 2006 season under uh, Juan de Ramos. Uh, Tottenham legend. Mm, yeah, yeah, not you know. I'm sure Tottenham fans will remember him, and I think you know, uh, as if I remember correctly, I think it was just the last couple of days of the season that we just missed out, but we kept Barcelona in a title race until you know match day 35, 36, or whatever, and that was really that's the last time that we've challenged for the title. So this, you know, it's a huge season. What's happening this season? Yeah. Um, so given that. It's it's probably fair to say West Ham fans looking at it can think, oh Jesus, not only are we coming up against a serious European heavyweight, we're coming up against a serious European heavyweight. Also in, forgive my turn of phrase, because we don't normally swear on the We Are West Ham podcast, but shit hot form. Given that, I guess that can be looked at in two ways. On one hand, you can look at it and go, Jesus, this is a serious football team we're coming up against this week. On the other hand, you can go, you know what? These guys haven't won a league title since the last World War. 
and we're just about into the third one and they might do it again so therefore they might just feel like the Europa League slightly takes a back seat is that a reasonable way of thinking of it or is it more that you mentioned the gap between Sevilla and Real Madrid that perhaps they go you know what coming second is still a monumental achievement for this football club and if we can back that up with Europa League success then this could be one of the most historic campaigns we've ever had I think looking at it objectively I think it would have to be the latter of course to win the title to win La Liga for Sevilla would be oh, insane I can't even imagine what it would mean for the club but I think second as well would be a huge achievement and as I was kind of saying earlier off air the relationship that this club have with the Europa League. I think the respect that this club has for the Europa League means that they will not uh, in any way rest on their laurels. Just last night, uh, no, two nights ago, the club had their postponed uh, Christmas dinner, postponed because of the outbreak of Omicron here, and uh, the president had a speech at the end, and you know he made specific reference to the Europa League that the final is being played in the Sancho Pizjuan in our stadium so I think of all the possibilities the possibility that Sevilla don't give the Europa League their full attention isn't one that exists I think we will even though we do want to do our best in La Liga I think the love story really that we have with this competition means that we'll give it absolutely 100% such a different mindset and rhetoric to the annoying boring snooze fest we hear in England a lot of the time about clubs resting players West Ham fans particularly 100% well maybe 95% united behind the fact that this competition means the most of all of us that it has for such a long time and it's so refreshing to hear that from a club who even though they're in the title race for the first time in three generations still this competition means as much to them as it does mm. to our club look a little bit more technical stuff then Dan uh, Sevilla again you're, you're talking to an audience who perhaps you know, we normally do opposition views of Premier League teams who our listeners watch and are aware of week in week out uh, I think most people at the moment will know Sevilla if they thought of a Sevilla player they think Anthony Martial because he's been signed from Manchester United recently uh, as far as playing staff goes before we get on to the, the way the game's going to work out on Thursday who are the, the big players to watch out for the big star names that perhaps some of their listeners may have heard of and, and ones that they may not have heard of um, who you think they should be aware of so certainly the strength of this uh, Lopetegui side, this Lopetegui Sevilla side, is the defence. You know, I think we've either—I was remember doing an article the other day—we've either got the same amount of clean sheets or conceded the same amount of goals as Man City. So we're to- we're top in Europe in terms of some defensive statistic. I can't quite remember off my head. It doesn't matter. Just <laughs> say just say your level on Man City or something. You're doing all right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so like we're built off a strong defence. So naturally, I'd have to label some defenders. I think what players that uh, English fans will know. I'm sure some will remember Jesus Navas. You know, a bombing right winger for Man City and back back for Sevilla in the day. But who's now been converted into a very trusty right back. Still gets forward, but he does the majority of his work in the defensive part of the pitch. Sounds very much like my football career, to be quite honest with me. Yeah, it used to be pacey, and then just bang him a right back. And then 
I think Chelsea fans will certainly have heard about Jules Koundé, a very, very impressive young French centre-back. You know, in my opinion, destined to be one of the best top centre-backs in world football, if, if, he isn't, if he isn't already. Perhaps some Arsenal fans, I remember rumours a couple of years ago that Arsenal were looking to... Or no, Newcastle fans, of course, just this past January transfer window. Diego Carlos, another incredibly strong centre-back, absolute beast of a man. I think Koundé is the more, perhaps, wily defender who'll cover up behind, but Diego Carlos is the man that a 50-50 is a 90-10 in Diego Carlos's favour. He's an absolute monster of a man. Our left-back, Marcos Acuna, is incredibly impressive as well, but if I had to say who the biggest or most impressive talent is, it has to be our goalkeeper, Yassine Bonu. I think in a league that has Courtois, Oblak, Stegen, he does go under the radar but if you look at the stats we're talking about one of the best goalkeepers in the world so I think you know up front I don't think there's the same names but in the defence in the defence there's certainly a lot of talent uh, Sir I, I mean you mentioned all those names there there's players who've been linked to the Premier League um, I mean that happens all the time it's frustrating we've got Declan Rice one of the finest midfielders in, in Europe at the moment Uh a club like Sevilla are those players obviously you're an employee of the club so I totally understand where you come from you've mentioned like the, the Jules Koundé interest was quite well documented I think Thomas Tuchel's spoken about it um, is that does that get boring when you've got good players and you feel you consider yourself a good club to continually see them linked with and I'm putting these in quote marks for anyone just listening to this rather than watching bigger clubs or is there a feeling in Spain, well, no, we're, we are a big club. Look at our European success, look at our La Liga success. Like, we can hold on to these players. Mm. I think the change in mentality that I mentioned earlier has a lot to do with this. Back in the day, back in the day, as I was mentioning, we had very little funds and we were happy to see that interest. We were happy to sell Dani Alves to Barcelona. We were happy to sell... Jose Antonio Reyes to Arsenal because that another great pronunciation by the way <laughs> that really that kept the club going that kept the club going and that was Monchi's tactic you know buy, buy low and sell high and so for Sevilla even with this Koundé interest Diego Carlos interest I think for us you know we're very used to it but what we're not used to is that we haven't given given in back in back in the day we would have sold the player you know I think Monchi you know Monchi came out in a press conference and confirmed the price that was offered for Koundé it was in and around 55 million euros which for, for, for Sevilla that would be our record sale by quite some margin but you know Monchi and Lopetegui and the board made the decision that you know, we don't have a rich owner. You know, like a lot of clubs in Spain, we're just owned by a president. We don't have any, you know, foreign funds coming in from anywhere. So we will need to sell in order to keep generating funds. But I think at the start of the season, a kind of agreement was made that we kind of identified Messi had just left Barcelona. And you couldn't sign him. <laughs> in the past few years, Madrid haven't been, you know, Ronaldo, you know, La Liga, I think the quality has dropped a little bit with the. Uh, you know, with uh, losing Ronaldo and Messi, so I think at the start of the season, the club kind of thought, if this is going to be, if it's going to be any year, this is the year. So we agreed to, you know, we kept Koundé on, we fought off Newcastle in uh, in January for Diego Carlos. So I think the club's very used to seeing 
you know, Premier League interest in the players, and I think it's a good thing for the club because in, in some moment we will have to sell. Monchi said that we will have to sell some players, but we just decided that it wasn't the right moment to do it. Yeah, I'd, uh, that must be great for the fans to hear that. Like, I think everyone knows if you've got good players, there's going to be interest, but it must be great for Sevilla fans to see your club digging in and going, nah, we are Sevilla and this is what we're going to try and do this year. If it doesn't work out, then fine, but we're going to give it at least give it a crack because that's what the fans deserve. Right, Dan, let's talk about the game this week. Huge game for West Ham United, potentially not as big uh, in Sevilla's eyes. Obviously, you've, you've made it clear already they, they value the competition. Uh, I would imagine just historically, because you've been here before, you've got through these rounds before, you've won the flipping final before, uh, the, the fact that all the West Ham fans coming out, at least 3,000 up to 4,000 rumoured to be coming out to Spain this week, um, that uh, yeah, it's, it's a huge game, it's a huge game, it's a huge game for the club. And uh, I, I just... Cool. It's an absolutely huge game for the club, and given that you, you've mentioned the players that, that Sevilla have gotten there, I mean, first of all, before we get into the technicalities, which you will, all I'm looking forward to after that little uh, monologue from you about Diego Carlos, Newcastle target or not, and how good he is in a 50 50, Craig Dawson versus Diego Carlos, who wins? I think that's the battle that everyone's looking to see. That'll be the battle of Europe. I think, mate, I've heard, I've seen a lot of Craig Dawson meme accounts in our comments in the last uh, in the last couple of weeks since the draw was made, but I'll never bet against Diego Carlos. But we'll see. Who knows what Craig Dawson can... Just can't wait for that. Five minutes in, Diego Carlos. The ball gets lumped up from kickoff. Craig Dawson and Diego Carlos steaming into each other. In midfield. For those of you, by the way, watching on uh, YouTube or listening on the podcast, forgive the interruption. The waitress at the bar that we're in rudely interrupted and demanded to take the empty pint glasses away that we're currently using up to prop up the camera. That's you lot over there. Um, so, yeah, forgive me if I don't forget to edit this bit out. Uh, but game-wise, Dan, let's be serious for a little while. It's a huge game for West Ham. Obviously, with the away goals rule this season being taken out of it a bit, I don't know, how how do you see it going? I, I don't think West Ham fans know how Sevilla play. What style of play can we expect given well, like how how does Sevilla play week in, week out anyway? How do you expect them to play at the weekend? And given the additional, uh, I don't know, like uh, the, the additional drama, I guess, of the fact there's a two-legged tie without away goals, how do you see it going style-wise? So I would define Sevilla's game as possession based defence we are a team that don't create too many chances the ones that we do create are very well worked and would be you know chances that you know you'd you'd hope to score you know we're not taking pot shots from outside the box or whatever but we're very very focused on controlling the ball controlling the game and that uh, contributes to our superb uh, defensive record in terms of how the game will go because West Ham you know, I think West Ham will come at Sevilla, and I think that is the kind of game that favours us. Uh, we do suffer. You know, we just drew this weekend uh, against 19th place in La Liga. We do have a problem opening up lower team teams lower down who sit back. Exactly the same as West Ham this season, which is intriguing. Yeah, yeah. Your your dad was saying that just before there. So. 
I'm going to assume that West Ham will come at us and give us a little bit more space than Alaves at the weekend. So I think our wingers will have a chance to to shine that perhaps they haven't done because coming into the game you mentioned about West Ham's perform we've drawn our last four games away from home two weeks ago we had a win in the derby which keeps everyone content certainly but in the league we've just had a slight drop off so I wouldn't say it's a veer coming into their best form either but a game against West Ham a team that you know two teams coming at each other there will be space in the middle of the park and behind the defensive lines perhaps we'll not see as defensive a Sevilla as we might see in La Liga one thing that I think is a big impact or that will definitely influence the game is that Sevilla are going through a ridiculous run in terms of injuries so obviously we've mentioned uh, Anthony Marsh, uh, Martial as things stands it does not look like he'll be taking part in the game and he is one of I think about six or seven we've been playing there was games in January that we were playing with about 12 players out it's ridiculous what's been happening at the club the last few months and we're not we're going into West Ham with what seems to be some very key players out. You know the rumours are that uh, Fernando, who is our, I was speaking about uh, some key players. I definitely should have mentioned him. He's a superb defensive midfielder, really the glue that keeps everything together. He perhaps mightn't be playing, and then we have Thomas Delaney definitely suspended. So in the case of Fernando weren't to play, we'd have no. Uh, official defensive midfielder so Sevilla I wouldn't we're coming into it in decent form and with a lot of injuries so I think you know for West Ham listeners out there I think that's probably would be the hope that I would have that we're missing you know some key players but having mentioned the injuries we still have been grinding out the results but not to our maximum potential I would say that's uh, I mean Jared Bowen being out perhaps makes me think that the the wing attack or the wing threat the wide threat and the attacking threat from West Ham might be somewhat limited we've already chatted about it earlier today we'd snap anyone's arm off offering us a nil-nil or a one-all draw from the away leg certainly um, Dan it's been absolutely brilliant chatting to you about all things Sevilla it's been great you obviously know your stuff about the club um, it's wicked having someone with a the UK accent I did think that uh, it might be a little bit more exotic to find some of the Spanish accent to talk about the club but I feel like for most people listening at home uh, that uh, hard throaty porter down (laughs) porter down tones has made people feel a bit comfortable Um, as we always do at the end of all this it's going to be an absolutely wonderful occasion for all West Ham fans on Thursday night it sounds like Sevilla fans are treating it with equal respect which is absolutely superb as well Uh, both teams sound like they've got injuries I don't know if both teams will be happy with a draw or not. West Ham fans, I think, certainly would be from the first leg to take it back to what will undoubtedly be an absolutely rocking London stadium next Thursday to try and hopefully see at home in what will be one of West Ham's greatest achievements and results in the modern era. But as we always do at the end of the opposition view, this has been by far and away, and no offence to any of the other ones, including Tim Wildwood, who we've got on tonight or this week for the Aston Villa view. My favourite opposition view ever, namely because I'm sitting outside a market square in Seville with a handheld microphone chatting to someone who actually works for Seville with my dad ahead of West Ham United playing away in the Europa League knockout stages, something I've dreamed about my whole life. 
So it's been my, by far away my favourite, as we always do at the end of every opposition view. Please, ahead of West Ham away to Sevilla in the Europa League last 16 first leg on Thursday, what is your score prediction? For me, I'm going to go for 1-0 Sevilla. It's our result. We tend to win matches 1-0. We keep our clean sheet, we get our one goal and we're happy with that. So that's what I'm going to go for. Listen, Dan, normally I'd give you a bit of grief for betting against my own team on my own podcast. But you have been an absolute treat to chat to. And what a day to do it. What a time to do it. What a way to do it and what an occasion it's going to be. And you know what? I think secretly for all the three to 4,000 West Ham fans travelling out this week, whether they're already in Seville, like me and my dad are already, or whether they're travelling out today, some of you might even be listening to this as you're on the plane, which I hope you are. If you're doing that, I think most of us, don't tell anyone, would take a 1-0 defeat ahead of that game at the London Stadium next week. Dan, social media, big dog from Sevilla FC, official employee. It's been an absolute pleasure you giving us your time. We appreciate it absolutely more than you could ever imagine and what an occasion this has been and I reckon I don't think unless West Ham do beat Sevilla and we get someone absolutely mammoth in the next round this could be my favourite opposition view of all time so uh, congratulations on that title thanks for listening everyone stay with us because we'll add the opposition view from Tim Wildwood and you'll forgive him if it's not quite as good as this one but that is next Right, I'm not even going to do my usual introduction where I say I'm delighted to say that joining us on the We Are West Ham podcast because everyone knows how thrilled I am to chat to Timo Wildwood every single <laughs> time we play Aston Villa. Big time uh, Winter Olympics done, big time summer skateboarding done, big time BBC wow. done, just general big time done. But as much as he might have achieved in his own personal career, everyone knows that on the We Are West Ham podcast, Tim Wildwood is nowhere near as famous as Uncle Ron. Uh, we're hoping to hear from him again tonight <laughs> from the, the Mate, Villa I've group. I've checked chat. in with Uncle Ron. I've checked in. We might just hear something from him. Um, yes. So I'll be honest, worry, mate. We might have a little surprise for you. I'll be honest, mate. If I had his number, you wouldn't be on here. Do you know what I mean? I know you're a big-time BBC broadcaster <laughs> these days, Tim, but we've got bigger yeah, fish to fry to be on West Ham podcast. If we had a direct line right. to Uncle Ron, he'd be the man. He'd be, right, he'd be straight of, on. First of all, Tim, brilliant to have you back, as always. Um, me and James, we were just, like all of us, having a little intro chat, as we normally do, before we hit um, the record button. Uh, I've just I've just gone and retrieved an Estrella Galicia out of the mini bar nice. in the hotel fridge. Yeah. I understand that you were singing a lullaby to your kid while I was ringing you up asking where the <laughs> hell are you because you need to yeah. get in the record and you've just gone to retrieve yourself a, a, a cheeky little rum, is it? Yeah, I'm on a, a rum and tonic with a splash of uh, lemonade or, or lemon juice in it because um, we haven't got any normal lemons. It's a, it's a one of them less leftover little plastic lemons that you get from Pancake Day. <laughs> it's like a poor man's a poor man's rum and ginger. It's like I don't know, but it tastes all right to be fair. So it's not it's not too bad. Jonesy, immediate thoughts on that because that sounds like the roguest alcoholic drink I've ever heard of. I mean, it is it is rogue, um, but I respect that. I respect that. You know, do you though? Just you just make make what you've got, make make do with whatever you got at your disposal. And clearly, 
Hit you. That's what Tim had. And thank you very much. You, you, yeah. yeah, you're chatting to a man that's had to dredge the proverbial um, drinks cupboard right there. Didn't even have Sorry, a Tim, or just, anything to go with the rum. Just step us through it again. So you've you've whacked a rum in there. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, I told you when you texted me, I said, "Have you got time?" I said, "Make it a large one." So you've got a yeah. It's a large one. It's a half pint. Yeah, it's a half pint. Not but what does the, 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 <laughs> after the, the after the rum? What the hell uh, makes up the rest crumbs. of it? I basically, I've basically poured in a, a bit of ice crumbs in the bottom of it. Um, I've then <laughs> had to put in some Indian tonic water, right? Because it's the only mix we've got. Rum and tonic. And orange what juice. even I is orange that? Juice ain't going to work. Um, exactly. And then because we had no lemons, I had to really like dredge, uh, dredge the old uh, food stores, and I've used up the remainder of the little yellow pot of jiff lemon that you get on pancake day you know you get those plastic things that look like lemons and i just do a couple that, of squirts of that in it i um, i love the idea that you've thought that's the weirdest part of the story like even if, apart from the fact that rum and tonic and lemon as if that would if it was a wedge of lemon it'd be totally normal oh <laughs> I don't, you know what sack it off but it's my dad's birthday we've been out for turkish tonight and uh, i had a couple of cans cans of effies and uh i've come home <laughs> with the first on and i yeah. can't quench singing lullabies yeah gone and sung the lullabies <laughs> to sunny and i've had to uh knock back a, a rum and tonic lovely so stuff, mate. Lovely stuff. no absolutely brilliant because i mean this is the most drunk i've ever been i think jonesy perhaps <laughs> since the old love sport radio days when i've done a we are west Ham podcast but i am out in seville Having done Tim, I'll be honest, mate, and we always say this to you: you are our favourite, genuinely. And I'm not yeah. saying this because you're on. You're our favourite opposition view. However, I'll be honest: this week you're part of a double decker opposition view with Dan McGuinness, who works for Actual Sevilla, who I've just spoken to in the Plaza de España in Seville, Stop it. like out in the street, couple of beers, talking to us about Anthony Martial, all the lads he speaks to. He's actually giving you a run for your money, which I never thought would happen. Mate, is he a good guy? Do I need to get, have him sorted out? Do I? <laughs> he's lovely. He's <laughs> like, he's Northern Irish. He's, he's fluent in Spanish and Portuguese, which is crazy. And the guy's younger than me. He just sat there nice and chill, telling us bits about Sevilla. The sun was out. Dad was there. We had a couple of Estrellas. Oh, it was a lovely mate. time. And But to be fair, you know. Living like, the dream. To, he didn't give us any messages from his uncles, so swings and roundabouts, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. We've got how long have we got uh, to get the uh, the Uncle Ron voice? Exactly. We, we've always got time in. for Uncle Ron. Listen, Tim, uh, talk to us about talk to us about Villa. We're we've already established on this podcast tonight that this is the biggest week in modern West Ham history for me and Jonesy. I'm out in Seville already. Jonesy, unfortunately, couldn't make it. It's three to 4,000 West Ham fans on their way out to Spain, either out here already or on their way out over the next couple of days. We're so excited for this game. And talking frankly, none of us really care what happens against say, Villa on Sunday. You don't care what happens of course on the we weekend, don't. do you? It'd be nice to get a win, of course. But ultimately, everyone involved in West Ham circles is bothered about what's going on Thursday. Those of us are here are absolutely fizzing for it, including me. I've never been so excited for a football club and just talking about how much just, you know this has brought to life my love for, for West Ham. Delighted to be here. Next Thursday will be the same. Meet up with Jonesy before. Huge nice. game. Right. All that sort of stuff. You know what it's like, Tim. Yeah. Uh, mate, but it was a game on Sunday. What? 
Well, the, well, this is it. And before we get there, I, I, you know, you know me. I'm not a, I'm not a diehard sign up for I'm going to kill all of you and all your family no, kind, of of, uh, kind of opposition. <laughs> um, it, it's just the genuine love for the game, isn't it? And, and I do appreciate and your club. I do just appreciate, you know, when people love their club and the club's going through a good spell, you've got to be happy for them. Well, yeah. not all, not all clubs, but, <laughs> yeah, majority, yeah, yeah. but you know what I mean? And I, I've never had any beef. Uh, like I said to you a long time ago, actually, my uncle John, is a West Ham fan, so anyway, uh, Christmas is around Super. the around the dinner time. Could have had Uncle John and Uncle John and Uncle Ron, couldn't we? <laughs> um, so it's you know West Ham is always it's we've always had the banter around the around the dinner tables at Christmas and whatnot. So it's um, yeah, there's no honestly there's no there's no animosity whatsoever, and it's good to see you boys doing well because I've always been a fan of Moyes as well, and I've said that before. You know he's um, yeah, so I wish you all the best until Sunday. Because actually, I think we do a win. We do a win against you, aren't we? Yeah, we you are, are really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The people, we, I won't bring up the the result earlier on in the season, Tim. Um, yeah. It's a it's a different looking Villa now, though, isn't it? I mean, we've we've we're talking about how much we're you know falling back in love with West Ham, but as as becoming Liverpool Mark Two or the the former Liverpool in terms of Gerardo Coutinho brought your love yeah. back for Villa, mate, because it's, it's looking good under those two. It, it really is. And, you know, a lot of chat about Dean Smith, wasn't there? You know, what he did for the club and how he actually it reignited the love for, for the team with the, with the entire fan base again. And it's, and it's it, just when you think it couldn't be any more, but it is, you know, what, what he's doing and the, the style and the, and the ethos. And just when you hear him talk, you just you can't believe that you can't I can't actually believe he's our manager. Do you know what I mean? Like the simple fact that he talks so eloquently and so brilliantly and you think to yourself flipping heck him in the him in the the changing room and have you have you ever seen I've, I've not seen footage of him I've seen footage of Rooney on the on the training ground like banging a couple of free kicks in and playing with the players surely Stevie G must be doing that as well he must be and he's, he looks fitter than what Rooney does doesn't he so no doubt he's still got it that that wand of a right leg of his must be must be and I think as a player to, to see that and to see what he's done and he, he, well, he's got him playing, hasn't he? And and in yeah. no no bigger kind Probably, of example yeah. than than little Phil. You know, look at him. He, you know, he, he had a ter- torrid time, didn't he, at Barcelona, and didn't really get going. And he's come to us, and he, he he looks like he's having fun. Looks like he's really enjoying his football. And when you enjoy your football, you just play good, don't you? Did, were you surprised with Coutinho coming? Because a lot of people were, but I thought, well, no, the connection with, with Gerard, it makes sense. Like, he wants to play football and he's got a chance to meet up with his mate again. Mm. I don't think it was surprising yeah. as as, as every, uh, quite a few neutrals in particular made out. Um, and I'm definitely not surprised that he's hit the ground running and is playing well. I, I think it was. it's probably just the Villa van, fan base, isn't it? We, we, when have we... Had, we've had some good signings, but... We've had a lot of. We haven't had any of those huge name signings. Not for, not for years. I mean, I can't even really remember any in my in my tenure as, as a Villa fan. It, the the big names that just are like, whoa, we've got him. Unbelievable. You know, it was like buzzing. The WhatsApp groups were going off when he signed. And it's. <laughs> I love the Villa WhatsApp groups, and I'm not even in just any. Went, of them. <laughs> yeah, I could get add you to a few if you want. Um, it just <laughs> no, it just went mental. Like he, I, I think I think the surprise was genuinely from Villa fans. You're right because. Coming in so early, and, and Stevie G said more recently that you know it's up to the directors what what happens. He said he he's going to put in his recommendations, but ultimately you got Perslow in there, 
you got Lang and it's up to them guys to, to get the deals across the line and, and to, to make it work or, or to say yes or no at the end of the day. But he's, yeah, I've kind of lost myself. What was I saying? Yeah, basically. I like Perslow, by the way. What a bl- <laughs> Mate, I, yeah, I like well, him. again, you just, you see him chat and you, you, you just fall for him, don't you? You the stuff off the green. You believe in what he says. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. He, he talks when he has to and he shuts up when he has to. I really like yeah. that. Yeah, something I could learn a bit from. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, huge signing. Can we hold on to him? Are Barcelona going to want to, you know, now he's playing well, are they going to tote him out and say, look, he's playing well, you know? Try and probably get a need his wages back though, don't they? Jonesy, yeah. just a quick question. Jonesy, just a quick question to you. Tim's talking there about what Stevie G might be doing in training. Do you remember the story about Carlton Cole talking about Zola in training? Uh, yeah. And I think Bellamy might have mentioned it. When Zola rocked up and just like took one, like got involved in the session, took one on his chest and pinged a volley in the top left corner, I and think almost I've heard made that the play, story. yeah, and almost made the players like embarrassed because they were not only never going to be as good as he was when he was actually a player, <laughs> they still weren't actually anywhere near as good as he was while he was a forty-five-year-old yeah. manager. Yeah, do you think? Jacob Jacob Ramsey's obviously come through and he like he's he's having a class yeah. season. He's he's certainly one player that's almost feeding off the fact that he's working under someone like Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, there's I've read a few things, you know, talking about um, Carney uh, Chukwemega and uh, he's. Contract talks were stalling, or there's something going around, and all all Stevie quite came out, and all he simply said was, you know, if we'll we'll, we'll develop him, we know how to develop him. If he wants to develop a man, if if one of the world's greatest ever box to box players says he's going to teach you the ropes and tell you how to <laughs> yeah. be good, do you know what I mean? You're going to listen, aren't you? Really, you're going to be like, yeah. yeah, I'm going to stick with him, thanks. And you look at the stats for Ramsey for where he is, and I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it where he is compared to where Grealish was at that age, he's, he's light years ahead already. And I don't yeah. want to get too bogged down into stats. Grealish does a lot off the ball, or he did do a lot for us off the ball, which, a, you know, a stat man doesn't write about. But Jay-Z, he's stat man, Jacob Ramsey. XG. I haven't got um, stats to hand, mate. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's, he's really, really flourishing. Gerard loves him. And then this week, you know, there's a lot of chat. Obviously, as, as Coutinho keeps to play, keeps playing brilliantly. It just the, the entire team flourished, don't they? And you know, the, the uh, Ramsey scored, didn't he? Goal. I'm trying to think who it was against. A few was it Leeds? Uh, no. Uh, Everyone scores against Leeds, Tim. That's not. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> true. That's true. Um, I'm trying to think who it was. Anyway. Beautiful ball just through Ramsey scored. It was Arsenal. It was Arsenal. Yeah, brilliant. Was probably was. It will be Arsenal. Um, but it was. And afterwards, he said, "You know, the simple fact that a couple of years ago I was sitting, I was sitting watching him play for Barcelona or watching him play in the Champions League, and now all of a sudden he's threading balls through for me. Like he he can't quite believe it himself, Jacob Ramsey. So again, it's just what's the saying? Uh, a rising tide raises all ships." Um, and when you've got someone like Coutinho coming in as well, I mean, it's just it's just good for everyone, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But what's what's Gerard done tactically will change tactically at Villa then? Because it can't just be he's formed one of the, uh, an ex-world-class box-to-box midfielder. 
Yeah, <laughs> that probably helps. Um, it helps, but it can't just be. <laughs> I, th- I I can't see this. What did we play on when we beat Southampton? So we played like a diamond midfield on on Saturday. So we're playing two up front. It's the classic two up two up top has been a bit of a sticking point, hasn't it? We 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 started off well the season, then we faltered a little bit. Um, we had a bit of a bit of a poor run, didn't win in seven, and then it was. But he stuck with it. He dropped in. He dropped Watkins for a game. Then he dropped Ings for a couple of games. But now they're back in. They're both firing. Uh, Buendia, he, his form never really dipped. Coutinho's now playing really well. John McGinn's starting to find that that electric form and that drive. And I, I don't know if he's changed anything tactically massively, but it it's just that belief. It's that I don't know if I said it last time, but. Again, as a villa as a villa fan now, if when you go one down, you don't panic. Because mm. you're just oh, yeah. like, we, we we are we are actually gonna score here. We were score. We went one nil down to you, didn't we, in November? Ultimately we lost four one. But we knew we were gonna <laughs> score. We did. We did. It's just that when we got into second gear, you were already into third and fourth gear by that point. But, but you <laughs> know you're that. gonna score and, and you know you're gonna and, and that belief and that drive and and I guess I don't know whether 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 because it, it again, I've never played the game. I've never played. I've, don't get me wrong. I've Despite ter- contrary to popular opinion, mate, I can play any in anywhere. <laughs> Although I am playing at Villa Park on the 16th of May in a charity day, but we'll save uh, that. Tim, um, don't. Josie will start wheeling out the story of him scoring a goal at London Stadium earlier in the summer, and I really haven't got the energy to hear it again. Oh, mate, what episode is it? I'll go back and listen. Oh, I'll go don't. And listen. Yeah, we haven't got the time. But I'll, I'll tell you privately though, Tim, it's a great story. Right. Just okay, yeah. sum it up in. Sum out briefly, Jonesy, because if I if I'd done it, I'd be talking about it every episode. So I'll give well, you one more shot. T- Tony Cotty was my childhood hero. Um, he was managing our team. He brought me off the bench with one nil down. He goes, James, go on and get a goal for us. Go up front. Um, Stop it. And that's exactly what I did. This is true. That's exactly <laughs> what I did. I talking through it. Talking through it. I came off the bench. Uh, by the way, I was absolutely shattered within five minutes playing on a Premier League size pitch. Um, ball comes in off the left. Uh, I dummied a defender, and I, I meant to. About, around about the penalty spot, I meant to go bottom right. Um, so knackered, I ended up going top central. Fell <laughs> <laughs> on my backside. Um, it hit the back of the net. Everyone thought I was injured because I was on the floor. I was actually just like, yeah, just finished. <laughs> um, and then about... had you had, had you been two meters back, it would have been straight over the bar. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was that bad. Um, and then about. <laughs> Maybe about five or ten minutes later, I was um, I rolled my ankle and that was me done for the day. Oh, that was, stop it! Um, and then got ca- yeah. carried off the pitch by Danny Dyer and Cotton Carr of all people. So that, that was my afternoon. <laughs> it was a big day, Tim. It was a big day. day. Um, and then, and um, it was so bad they gave me man of the match out of pity because. Oh. Was so, Josie, do, do me that. a favour while Tim's on. Tell him. So despite I mean you've told that story excellently. Um, just do me a favour. Tell Tim about the souvenir that you had made off the back of that game, which I believe is hanging on your wall. No, I haven't received it. I actually, actually didn't send it to me in the end. You're joking. You picked it. it up on the podcast and everything. Yeah, no, I didn't send so it. So, Tim, the story... story right, well, we won't talk about that company <laughs> then, but the story was uh, that Jonesy got a... Uh, you know one of those things you get, like the iconic goal, like graphics... Where there's like oh, it shows yeah, like the pitch yeah. with the pass, the assist, and all that. So a company got in touch with the podcast after Jones had been bragging about it on Twitter. Going, oh Jones, we can mock this up for you, get a big canvas. He was loving it, lapping it up on Twitter, just so everyone knew that he'd scored at London Stadium. And do you know how <laughs> pleased I am, Jonesy, to learn that they didn't actually send it to you? What, what, what they did, they, 
they yeah. sent me a, they sent me a mock-up view, but without all the key information in. They said, "Oh, we've, we've pretty much done it for you, but we just need to." There's just loads of question marks where all the information should be. Yeah, because so they were like, "How the, the hell did the bloke like you score at London Stadium?" Yeah, so I, I sent all the yeah, question yeah. marks. So mate. I literally, within seconds of them sending it to me, I, I sent back all the information they needed, and that's the last I heard from them about three months ago. Good, so, oh, that's good mate, absolutely that's delighted. That. Uh, Tim, what is Terrible. your if you had to score a goal at Villa Park? Then, if you're playing there, when are you playing there? Uh, the Monday, the 16th of May. Not that I'm excited Charity, or getting Charity ready for event, it. Or... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Charity event. not that I'm, not that I'm excited. Five, 5 p.m. Um, I'll be running on. <laughs> uh, it's it's the it's the entire um, Villa boys and girls WhatsApp group. It's all of us playing. Uncle Ron. Like tw- yeah, Uncle Ron's coming out Shut and everything. Jonesy, we're yeah, honest. Is there an away watch? Is there an away Absolutely, we'll come. I'm going to come my autograph book. Yeah, mate, Jonesy, you we'll, get we'll, you get yeah. Uncle. You might get Uncle John as well. I think Uncle John might come and watch that one. Mate, then. Yeah, but, but exclusive interview of Uncle John for the We Are West Ham podcast, Jonesy. Um, I think get. if if I have to describe my my goal, because uh, I I I'm at play at left back. So no doubt I'd collect the Chris ball well, somewhere well. somewhere in my own in my own half. Um yeah. I'd want to just run in. I with wouldn't uncle, break stride with, with Uncle Ron. Right. Uncle Ron. Uncle Ron in the middle. Uh it would it would come to me and then I'd just run in, run in towards the edge of the box and I'd just whip it in on my right and it would just bend top corner. Job nice. done. Ben Johnson Ben Johnson esque at Villa Park, Jonesy. Just a little bit. You literally just just described Ben Johnson, but ben from the opposite side of the, the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, over to you, mate. Sorry. Well, I mean, after being sidetracked by my by my brilliant um, yeah brilliant performances at London Stadium, um, <laughs> uh, how how do you think this one's going to go? Tim at London Stadium <laughs> where some actual footballers are playing yeah where, where actual real professional footballers are playing um, um, well we've both got big well you've got a bigger game than us uh, you're, when are you playing? Thursday yeah yeah. you'll be knackered you'll have jet lag and everything as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've got jet lag already I've just arrived uh, but, yeah but that's not the flight that's the uh, 55 Australia lad that's uh, causing you jet lag <laughs> No, we're, uh, we're we play Leeds as well, don't we? When do we play Leeds? When and uh, they're notoriously so difficult yeah, to play playing at the moment. Yeah, they're <laughs> too too knackered running the ball in the net. Um, I'm gonna go. Oh, man, I mean, I haven't got one even remotely right yet, have I? We've lost every, every time. <laughs> No. I think you've I think you've cursed me since coming on. I'm sure we used to beat you before I started coming <laughs> That's on. That's why we keep inviting you back, mate. <laughs> uh, I'd like to see us score some goals. We always score goals. Um, can we do it? Do you think two one? I reckon we could do it. I reckon we can. We've got a good strength in depth now as well. That's the other thing. We've got Leon Bailey coming back. Um, uh, no, Traore coming back. Sorry from injury. Um, Ings and Watkins are firing now. They're starting to score goals uh, defensively. All of our defenders are, are fit and healthy-ish. Um, I think we'll see what happens Thursday. But yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to think I'd like to think that we can we can put in a performance. Um, yeah, why not? Screw it. Two one. We're going to win two one. Nice. Josie, Will. Josie, between me and you. Yeah. 
I, you know, I, I appreciate this goes out to thousands of people every week. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> as, well, let's pretend it didn't for two seconds. If I was just betting on money wise, two one to Villa screams to me this week. It's definitely going to be two one to Villa, isn't it? Like we we normally like. Villa, I always, no matter how good Villa are playing, no matter how crap we are playing, playing Villa, I'm like, yeah, we're going to win. They're always a good team. They're a comfortable... You know, everyone has those teams in the Premier League, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. No matter yeah. who's playing well, who's playing shit. Like, whenever we used to play Everton, I was like, well, we'll lose because it's Everton. They always beat us. Villa, I'm like, well, yeah, of course we'll win. I know we're going down yeah. this season, but we'll still beat Villa. But yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 this weekend is that I just think... Yeah, 2-1 to Villa stands out to me like a sore thumb, big time. I mean, And ignore gonna... my Betway charity bet, because we're, we're going to lose 2-1. I'm, I'm just I'm putting it up now, because I'm pretty sure we always draw. Um, actually, yeah, no, we don't. Yeah. We always beat Villa. Nah. Uh, we? We, do, we draw quite a lot. 20 draws out of 45 Premier League meetings. Blimey, is it that high? How yeah. many times have they beat us? Genuinely, though, we've definitely got the winning record. Nah, nah. 45, 45 Premier League meetings. West Ham have yeah. won 12. 20 draws, 13 wins for Villa. All right. But I reckon the 12, but I reckon those 13 Villa wins were like from 1980. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if they're we, Prem wins, that's weirdly, early stage Prem. We're on 49 goals and Villa on 50. So we could bring up fi- the big the big magic 50 against Villa this, this weekend, which would be exciting. <laughs> the big magic 50. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, uh, what what j- just before we go, Jones has done a sterling job there, but what is, what's the Villa-like thought process? Because I genuinely, genuinely do. Every time Villa come up, I'm like, ah, oh, phew, like three points. Like, yeah. Home or away. I just feel that way. And every team's got that uh, view about yeah, teams. Yeah. What do did, what did Villa feel about West Ham? What, what do you feel about when you play West Ham? Other than uh, being delighted you get to speak to us too. Well, firstly, I'm delighted I get to speak to you too. Um, love my folks. my favourite non-Aston Villa podcast. Um, <laughs> I, what about, do you know what? What, it's... what about your BBC one? <laughs> Oh yeah, sure. I should say that, shouldn't I? Yeah. Uh, okay, that one first. Um, no, I, I think it's a lot. It's it is for me. It always feels like a, only because since meeting you guys and coming and doing this and chatting about it, and I look forward to it now every time the fixture comes around because I know it's nice to get your phone call. I always, I might not get it if we beat you. I might not get it next season if we beat you in uh, on Sunday. Um, but it, it's yeah, it is a bit of like doom and gloom, isn't it? It's like oh. Well, not gonna not gonna get any points there because you're absolutely right. I feel that like that against Everton, where you feel like you're gonna lose. Well, I I feel always optimistic when we play Everton. I was like, well, we're gonna win that one. Um, really? Yeah. I don't know what the stats are. Am I gonna have to bring them up now? Probably am. No, no, I? ignore the stats. James uh, is a big yeah, stats guy. But I just I I'm I'm much more yeah, about emotion I, I, and football and passion. But James is yeah. A I am. Um, and it's and it's the you know the family WhatsApp group always goes off, doesn't it? Because Uncle John likes to have a likes to have a bit of bants and let us know how much better West Ham are. I don't know how what the story is why he ended up supporting West Ham. Is he from but, um, Birmingham? Oh yeah, he's from Warsaw. Yeah, yeah, born and raised. I don't know. Absolutely crazy. Um, also, uh, while you're on, actually, they've mentioned Warsaw. Uh, my 
best friend, one of my best friends, excuse me, who I live with at the moment, this big Leighton Orient fan, Leighton Orient season ticket holder, who yeah. has got the idea that Walsall are the worst team in the Football League. Like, not just <laughs> like this season, just generally like the most like crap football team in the Football League. Um, I love Walsall, frankly. Uh, Mate, the Saddlers. Uncle, Uncle Mark's a season ticket holder at the, at the Saddlers. My dad is um, called Mark, who's asleep on the bed behind the camera right here. Um, <laughs> just quickly then. Uh, uh, do you know what? I don't know to... enough about them. I don't know enough about Warsaw. Um, they, I just know they are a bit rubbish, aren't they? Yeah, they are rubbish. Yeah. Um, I'll t- tell no you offense. what then, Tim. So have we got anything, first of all, from Uncle Ron or Uncle John? I didn't realise there was an Uncle John. Now we do. I feel like we should get him involved in the podcast a little bit more. Have we got anything? Oh, yeah, you'll like this. So I messaged, I, I messaged Uncle Ron. I've had something. Should we just phone him? Shall I phone him? Should I uh, phone he him? Said, Josie, he this, said, is, this is superb content, isn't it? Is, what a this, podcast this is going to be. This is content. I'm just going to phone him. Go on, ring him. That's it. Right in the microphone. Lovely. He's probably watching Bake Off or something. <laughs> he does love her. He's ever so good at, say, an Eccles cake. Oh, cooking, is he? Bring, yeah. Yeah, he brings his apples cakes into the, into the whole tent sometimes. Uh, anyway, imagine, he, he messaged me and he went, he went, yeah, I'm happy to send you a vo- voicemail. Can I have a couple oh, of... Mate. All oh. right. Uh, Unc. Hello. Unc. It's Tim. Hello, mate. How you doing? Yeah, good are you? Hello, Tim. Yes, there, mate. I've got your text. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I said, can you give me a day or two to sort it out? No, we're live now. Oh, you're live now? Yeah, go on, you're on. Just say something. Come on, Uncle. Swear. Come on, Uncle Ron. Oh. You've really caught me now. The thing is, you're live now? Yeah. Oh, hi, guys. Uncle Ron, it's a pleasure to speak to you, mate. I don't know what to really say now. Uncle Uncle Ron, Uncle Ron. I'm really looking forward to this game, except the fact I don't want a repeat of last season, because that was a bit embarrassing, that was. (laughs) So please, please go easy on us. That's all (laughs) I'm asking. Uncle Uncle Ron, (laughs) can you you hear me, Uncle Ron? I can hear you, yes. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Uncle Ron, thanks so much for coming on on the podcast. I mean... Tim's told you we're live. We're not actually live. It's a pre-record, but it will go out. So effectively, like, I mean, you can you can swear if you want. We don't usually. But um, <laughs> you're saying avoid a repeat of last season. We've already spoke to Tim. Uh, we've got massive game against Sevilla this week. We don't really care if we beat Aston Villa or not. I think that Villa could genuinely get a 2-1 win. However, I think Declan Rice will cuck Philippe Coutinho. What are your thoughts? Well, yes, I mean, yeah, I mean, he has been playing well, hasn't he? You're uh, Declan Rice, I must admit. I do, we do admire him. But according to Ollie Watkins, Coutinho's got something that he's, he's way ahead of the rest of the team, he reckons. So, you know, I think he may be a little bit ahead of uh, Declan Rice. It'll be an interesting battle. I'm sure Declan Rice is looking forward to uh, the challenge. Uh, Uncle he Ron, really um, is. I mean, he's only played four or five games and he scored three and assist with three assists. So, I, you know, I think we're very lucky having him. To be honest, don't, don't you think so? I just said that. I said we feel lucky to have him. 
But uh, yeah. James Jonesy on the podcast here he says that that all the other fans across the league just think it's quite a natural fit for for us to have him. It is maybe because we've 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 had so many years of buying just rubbish players. Really. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, right, Uncle uh, Rudy Gestead wasn't rubbish. Rudy Gestead was amazing. <laughs> Uncle Ron, Uncle Ron, let, 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 let me get Uncle Ron back just for one last time. Yeah. Uncle Ron, look, we, we've absolutely loved all your contributions to this podcast. You're one of the grass. Say that again. Oh, sorry, Uncle Ron. Uncle Ron, Will's just, just saying something to you here. Uncle okay. Ron, Uncle Ron, it's it's been an absolute pleasure for all the times you've you come on this podcast and all of our listeners, trust me, uh, you might not have seen it, but they absolutely love what you do. Um Thinking ahead to the game this weekend, right? Regardless of of players, but like, what do you actually think? We were just chatting about how whenever we play Villa, I just think we're going to win. It doesn't matter what happens because you're one of those teams. Uh, what are your thoughts ahead of the game? Like, what you what what sort of stuff are you putting in the WhatsApp group this week? But I reckon we we could just the way we're playing. I think we could just nick it by the goal. Is that fair to think, Tim? Yeah, that's what yeah, I said. Yeah. I've gone for a 2-1 win, actually. I think Tim, they're going to be jet-lagged coming back from Uncle, southern Spain. Is Uncle Ron going to the oh, game? Yeah, so, yeah, you've got to be, mate. You'll have to be. It's, it's a good hour, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, also, just, just quickly, let's. Um, yes. just. I wanted to also fill the boys in. How, how did Uncle John end up a West Ham fan? Oh, don't ask him. It's just it's ridiculous. I mean, he should be a Wolf fan. I don't remember the villa. No, actually, I think it was, didn't they, in 1964, didn't they win the, win the Intercities yeah. Fairs Cup or something like yeah. that? Cup winners' cup, mate. I think, and, the cup, cup. and the FA Cup. Cup, and the FA Cup. FA Cup in 1964. Trevor Brook, man. Won the FA Cup in 1964. Oh, that's my battery gone on my phone. Oh, <laughs> I lost him. Cut him straight off. The most elite We lost content. Uncle Ron mid-chat. man. What a man Uncle Ron is, eh? What a man Uncle Ron is. Jonesy. There we go. Yes or no? Unde- well, there isn't, a, there isn't a no to this. Undoubtedly, the best podcast from Opposition Views we've ever done. We've been doing it for three years now. Yeah. Tim Wildwood has always unrivaled. been our fave. Unrivaled. And then a live one from Sevilla. Unrivaled. I know, I, know, I know we keep saying it, but I, I genuinely believe it. We should in person next season when you come up to Villa Park Uncle Ron will get the Eccles cakes out we'll go and have right. a beer and we'll do a before oh, and really after nice. in person podcast yes. yeah all over it definitely 100% you and Uncle Ron not coming down this weekend that's what I was trying to no. get out of Uncle Ron no no unfortunately it's uh, my nanny Hughes's <clears throat> my nanny Hughes's memorial this Sunday Fair so play. we're uh, the whole family are getting together and uh, having a beer for nanny Hughes and uh yeah, so we'll be there. But we, we'll be watching. We'll get it well, on look, the telly. Tim, massive love from me and Jonesy to Nanny Hughes. Massive love to the Wildwood family, Uncle John's, Uncle Ron's family, all of you. We <laughs> absolutely love you to pieces. It's been brilliant having you on again this week. Jonesy's done a sterling job there. This has been absolutely brilliant. I've loved this podcast more than any other one. And we've done this for what, Jonesy? Three years? Three years. Something yeah. like that. The six years. beers, the six beers, and being in Spain have helped. I'm going to be <laughs> but, but I've done a few in Portugal. I've done a few in Portugal, and they were nowhere near as fun as this one. So look, Tim, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on uh, with your rum. 
tonic and Jif Lemon. I mean, yeah. that's not going to catch on, mate. That is not going to catch on. BBC. Mate, all the rage in Birmingham. All the rage up here in Birmingham. <laughs> Jay-Z, it's been a pleasure, hasn't it, chatting to Tim. Um, and, I mean, you can tell me, do you know what we've got next? We've got the West Ham women next, I believe. No. That is ch- Betway Charity Bets. Are you sure? Yes. There we go. Betway Charity Bets next. Tim, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Pleasure's all mine, gents. Jonesy, how is that for a pair of opposition views? I don't think they I don't think it ever gets better than that. I don't Dan McGuinness, official employee of Severe FC social media department being an absolute legend uh, by the way i'm just looking at uh, the spanish tv i've got on in my hotel room as i record this podcast big Manuel pellegrini talking ahead of real betis game against eintracht frankfurt in the europa league wednesday night which i'm trying to go to i think i'm going to be able to snag a ticket to that while i'm in seville the uh, stadium real betis stadium actually closer to the hotel that I'm staying in than the Sevilla Stadium is. I know a few West Ham fans out here are going to that game. Um, Manuel Pellegrini looks as enthused as ever about his whole life and his football career and the fact that he's a professional football manager. <laughs> Honestly, smile, mate. Your team's in the flipping your own. Like, you're a multimillionaire. Like, you're about 906. <laughs> Latin American <laughs> version of Roy Hodgson. Just grin. Your team's about to play Eintracht Frankfurt in a Europa League tie. Journalists are asking you questions about your football team that you're in charge of. Just flipping smile. You already murdered our football team and Moisey's fortunately revived them. Jesus, look at him. Honestly, if I could turn this camera around, I probably could, but... Memo Pellegrini, entrenador de Real Betis, manager de Real Betis, looks absolutely crestfallen that his team are playing a last 16 knockout game in the Europa League. Absolutely tragic. Anyway, Jones, you look uh, enough about former managers who we don't care about anymore, who were responsible for signing Felipe, Flipping Anderson and Sebastian Haller. Uh, Betway Charity bets. Uh, no winners last week from the Liverpool game. Unfortunately, I got a lot of grief about me back in Mo Salah to score. Uh, he didn't do anything. Sadio Mane loves a goal against West Ham, doesn't he? Um, as by the way, does Anthony Martial is in line to play for Sevilla, or is he this week? Uh, he's not. We already heard that from Dan McGuinness. Um, bet my charity, bet so, mate. No winners at Liverpool. Uh, no. Um, this is another reason why I'm a little bit four now, because I didn't score any time. So mm. when he's running, when he's through, I'm like, well, here we go. Slot it, slot it, slot, slot it. it in, yeah. and I'm halfway towards winning, winning my first bet of the season. Doesn't yeah. do it. Um, I'd over ten and a half corners, over two and a half goals. Pablo four now to score any time. Nope. Um, Reese had West Ham to have over four and a half corners, which I think we did have. Over three and a half goals, which is a no. And Antonio to score any time, it's probably still be there and he still wouldn't have scored. Mate, um, ridiculous bet. And then you had over ten and a half corners, which I did think I came in, come in. Uh, Bowen to score any time, obviously he didn't, he came off. And Mohamed Salah to score any time. Uh, Mohamed Salah to score any time. I don't think he, didn't, he even came close apart from that one on one in like the first. Yeah, I should have had Mane. Stupid on my part. I mean, but you should have had Sal at the the dive at least two or more times. Geezer just (laughs) constantly on the floor, isn't he? Bless him. Don't have Um, a bet way off of that market, but maybe they should. I'll ask Chad next time. Maybe they should, yeah. Um, But yeah, so no one really close this this week. Uh, 
You're right, mate. Not. Well, look, we've heard we've heard from we've heard about the Europa League, and as we know, the Betway, who give me, you, and Reese Bayliss a fifty pound charity stake each and every week for each and every one of West Ham's Premier League games. So obviously, it doesn't apply for the severe game on Thursday night, which, if you haven't heard, I'm in Spain for, and I'm excited about. I think you have heard because I've mentioned it nine thousand and one times on this podcast already. Uh, but um, we have got fifty quid each to bet on a three-legged West Ham bet for the home Premier League visit for Aston Villa this week. I'm playing for the Bobby Moore Fund. James is playing for the DT38 Foundation. Reese has been playing for Isla's Fight all season and that money will go to uh, a charity of the Caton family choice uh, at the end of this season. Um, you can back the bets if you like yourself. We haven't got to them yet. Um, Jonesy, can you tell me what we've got for this week? Aston Villa at home on Sunday. Yeah, sure. So I've gone for over two and a half. Um, Antonio, two more shots on target. Which Ridiculous. Just... Ridiculous. No, listen, You're listen, a buffoon. Listen, this is why I haven't won any listen, bets this year. Listen, now having re- reminded myself of um, recent performances, I've now realised that that is just an outrageously stupid thing to do. Um, yeah. And then I have Kurt Zuma any time. I mean, if that's not at least... Sorry. At least if it's that's not far on at the one, then I'm having words with Chad because very unlikely to happen. Um, stop. But you're supposed to be trying to win bets. Well, I mean, I, I need a big, big odds. I need big odds. Yeah, mate. But honestly, don't do. You just want to get one in, don't you? Get one yeah, in. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, Reese has gone both teams to score over four and a half Villa corners and a penalty to be awarded within ninety minutes. Um, not too bad. Not too bad. Reese loves a penalty bit, and I just yeah. Reese has been off. Let's be honest. I'm not sure about volume of bets, but I think I'm winning on that. The, the old the, the rogue ones from penalties and Suchek goals from has really left Reese off the rails uh, this season so far. I mean, it's obviously nothing compared to you. But go on, James. You can remind everyone what I've gone. You've got you've, yours, mine you've in front gone, of me. You've got both teams to score. Both teams to have two, two or more corners in the first half, which is an interesting one. And um, I'm looking at here, Craig Dawson to score any time. And that's your dad's pick, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it was in Spain earlier. Uh, the text came through about making the Betway charity bets for this week against Villa. So I having a little bit of a chat with him. And he said Dawson to go straight away without hesitation. And I explained the fact that I've won a couple of big ones the last few weeks with Craig Dawson. And he was unmoved by it. And I feel like once you've said it in relation to a bet, you can't really go back on it. Because if it then happens and you lose, yep. then it's yep. not good. So I had to stick with that. Uh, both teams to score. Because I do think it'll be a high score. I can't really pick the result. And yeah, I just thought I'd go a bit rogue with the with the corners one. I just feel like it'll be a, I mean, particularly uh, West Ham. I think will be a bit tired from hopefully from Thursday's antics. Villa and all action side. I think they'll certainly get two corners. I'm basically just hoping that West Ham have a couple of rogue shots from nowhere that happen to deflect off uh, Emmy Martinez or um, Tyrone Mings et al. Uh, so yeah, don't know. It's just like didn't really know what to do, um, but I fancy that as a little, uh, little, you know, a, a little bonus, bonus, bonus winnings for the Bobby Moore Fund. Uh, as a reminder, as I was just about to tell you just now, you can back those bets for real if you like on the Betway website and app. Just go to pre-built bets for the West Ham Aston Villa game this Sunday at London Stadium scroll down you'll have the We Are West Ham bets there mine will have my name on it James's 
will have his name on it and Reese Bayliss's will have his name on it. Uh, Jonesy, we're doing pretty well this season, aren't we? I think the run rate's still on to beat the 12.5 grand we raised last season. Uh, I think we're around the 8,000 quid mark. So, yeah, doing okay. If we get a winner in this week, I feel like it'll be like a cruise to the end of the season. I'd like to think so. Um, yeah. If, well, yeah. perhaps if you and Reese started having some sensible bets, maybe. I went sensible for the first six months of the season. Um, Did you, though? Yeah, and it still didn't get me anything. The amount of, like, seven to four bets I've had and little, little like, niggly ones, it's like the profit's about 32p. It's like, <laughs> yeah, well, you know I mean, and I'd, I'd, I'd given up. I'd given up. And I was like, well, I'm just going to keep going big. I'm going to go going silly because I see you winning stupid bets. Like, Craig like, Dawson, too, he's in a row. <laughs> Craig, Craig Dawson to score a hat trick and he wins it. And it's just like, well, what's the point? What's the point? <laughs> Absolutely lovely. Listen, mate, uh, that's enough of this for one week. West End Women, next. Jonesy, no game for the West End Women since we last spoke. We had a little bit of a mess up the other week about when their break was. The break was this week. Uh, Chelsea, though, coming up. Same night, if I'm not wrong, uh, Thursday night. As West Ham United play Sevilla. Uh, Kate Longhurst, I assume, will be gutted because she's a huge West Ham United men's fan as well as a star performer for the women's team. Um, Thursday night, Chelsea. I'll be honest, I feel like that is got the feet written all over it even more than the West Ham men's game has away at Sevilla. It has the potential, mate, to be uh, an incredibly memorable night in the in the history of West Ham United and West Ham West Ham women. Massive double header. A massive double header. Two huge games. Um, if both teams win, I mean, like, we might as well just finish the season now. Just celebrate. Cap it off. Cap all of our West Ham supporting Incredible. careers. Incredible. I mean, it's, it's going to be a, t- a tough ask. We are at home. But Chelsea, you know, they're eight points off Arsenal who are, who are winning, but they do have three games in hand. So they need to keep, keep winning to catch Arsenal in the race for the WSL. Um, we are four points clear of ninth place, Aston Villa, uh, with two games in hand on them and two games in hand on seventh place, Brighton. Um, and if a win here, albeit it being very unlikely, would put us sixth with a game in hand on fourth place, Spurs. So... Um, loads to play for for West Ham at WSL and Chelsea, which is annoying. But um, the last meeting was in the cup with Chelsea, maybe, and um, I think it ended four two. So going to be a difficult difficult game. But you know, as we've already seen this season with Oli Harder's side, um, they can beat anyone on the day. I don't see why that should change this 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 Thursday night. Yeah, look, I think I'm not going to write it off. Chelsea no. have lost two games this season. Uh, one of them was against Tottenham, who were playing extremely well. Um, I think what's important to dwell on, mate, is the game against Birmingham, away at Birmingham on Sunday. I think it's fair to... If, if we've provided the West Ham women have got three points by the time we next speak, which will be next week, ahead of their game against Manchester United, I'll be quite happy with that. Birmingham City are bottom, rock, rock bottom, of the WSL, 16 games played, one win 
one draw, 14 defeats. And I mean, mm-hmm. we come up against Leicester the other week, didn't we? And had an absolute shock and an absolute stinker, frankly. Um, Birmingham have got a minus 31 goal difference, mate. West Ham's is zero. Like, there's a clear gulf between the two teams. If we're talking next week, Monday or Tuesday, ahead of West Ham's home game against Man United women on Wednesday, the 16th of March, and they've got three points out of that, I think that's okay. Puts yeah. them on 23, probably still keeps them in the mixer for that sixth or seventh place spot. Um, Ipswich Town in the cup final, uh, sorry, in the cup quarterfinal, FA Cup quarterfinal, the the perfect tie there. That's That's got FA Cup semi-final written all over, which is brilliant. And then a game against uh, get WSL games against Brighton, Man City and Reading. Okay, the Man City game, difficult, but Brighton and Reading definitely winnable. And you're still in the you're still in the mix for that that top, you know, five or six spots going into the final two games of the season, albeit against Man United and Arsenal. I think ultimately, where at now, mate? There's wins there. You could easily have. We're eighth now. I stand we're eighth now. You could easily have a sixth or seventh finish in there with a little bit of luck and a couple of other results go for you. We played less matches than than all the teams around us. Man City have played fourteen, who are fifth. But Reading uh, in sixth have played fifteen. Brighton in seventh have played sixteen. West Ham played fourteen games. Aston Villa uh, four points behind us, two games less, uh, two games more they've played. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever happens, mate, from here. Really, unless barring a complete calamity, an absolutely superb season from Molly Harder, given what he's had to turn around from last year. Great progress. And I don't want to get too premature, but ultimately, I think they deserve some major applause for what's already gone. And I can't see the end of the season. I can't see it going in tragic fashion. I feel like it'll go to form and West Ham will finish 6th, 7th or 8th. If it's 6th, absolutely brilliant. If it's 8th, okay, that's fine. Given where we were last year, hats off. Well played, Ollie. The gulf between you and the teams above, below, sorry, is brilliant. I think done really well. Yeah, we say every week to me that the progress has already been been superb. Um, after last year, you, we needed a, a solid, tra- tra- oh, a cliche, transitional season. Um, but it is. It but that's is. what. But that's. that's what he's delivered this year. Is just a transitional season. You know, not terrible. Uh, created a gap between sort of three or four teams below us that you know that have just come up um, or, or a lot weaker, and um, it has given us a platform now going into. You know, obviously they've got finished this season, but going into the summer and next season, really going okay. Well, what can we achieve next year? So we're not not asking for the chance for the title, but you know, can you can you establish establish yourself in that top six and really start pulling away from some of the other teams? Obviously, it's going to be difficult, but this season's been superb, um, and it's a huge opportunity to to really push for a fifth, fifth or sixth, maybe. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Look, hats off. Two big games coming up. Chelsea won. I know people won't go. Oh, you know. Don't write it off. You should go into every game, yeah, believing you can win. Of course. And, you know, if we can get a draw, absolutely superb. If we get four points out of the next two games, it's stunning. And what a great end to the season that'll make. We should beat Birmingham. If we don't get anything about Chelsea against Chelsea, that's okay. Look, it's been a good season, I think, whatever happens with 
discussed it already, Jonesy. It's been a good season. The West End women, hats off to Ollie Harder. And uh, we're going to try, we'll try and get him on over the summer. I reckon hopefully they, you know, we just want to be nothing but positive about him. I spoke to him last summer before the season and fair play to him. He's delivered everything he said he was going to. He's instilled a new professional mentality amongst the girls. And uh, yeah, it's been brilliant to watch their their progress transitional season, like you said. Hopefully we'll get him on over the summer and hopefully we'll push on. You never know, sixth this season. What a stunning result that would end up being. Uh, that's the West End women. Well, some final thoughts from me and Josie after what has been an absolutely brilliant show. Some quick fire reaction, but some absolutely stunning opposition views. Final thoughts next. <laughs> James Jones, I love doing this podcast, as you well know. And I honestly think this week, and everyone will be able to hear from the fizz that I had in my voice chatting to Dan McGuinness earlier on in just off the Plaza de España in Seville, ahead of West Ham United's away last 16 knockout stage game at Seville this week. I honestly, I was chatting to my dad on the plane on the way here and kind of, it, especially if we win Thursday, but particularly if, you know, if we get through the tie, but if we win Thursday and whatever happens after that, I kind of feel that I've completed supporting West Ham after this. I'm so excited for it, mate, and I'm so happy to be here. And I'm sure people, you know, in the three or four years of listening to us doing what we do, know how much we love West Ham and no more or no less or whatever than... Uh, or certainly no more than anyone who listens to this podcast does, right? Whether they listen to it as a radio show or as a podcast after Love Sport Radio, unfortunately, uh, had to pack up when COVID came along and we decided to carry on um, as a, as a, as the We Are West Ham podcast. The We, we love West Ham, both of us. I've, I'm 30 now. Right. And I've done lots of different things in my life. And one constant I've always had is a love for West Ham. I've had lots of disparaging, annoying, frustrating hatred and apathy towards West Ham. You know, a couple of seasons, whether it's the owners, Gold, Sullivan and Brady, where it's moving away from Upton Park, whether it's being virtually dragged by my dad to watch West Ham under Sam Allardyce every week whether it's watching us flirt with relegation for most seasons, all right, being excited when we stay up, but having to go home and away for the attritional bollocks week in, week out for so many years of my life. And now I'm in Spain about to watch West Ham play away at Sevilla. And I know loads of people listening will think that whether they're here or not or whatever, and they might not think it's a big deal, but... We talk about West Ham on this podcast from our own perspectives and opinions. We've both, everyone listened to this. Some people listen across the planet and have, you know, totally different ways of supporting the football club. But mine and yours, but mine for most of my life has been going to games. That's how it's worked for me, home and away. Away games particularly, I've always loved an away game. And this, this week, mate, Honestly, I it really doesn't matter what happens after this week for me because I've watched West Ham play an away knockout European game. Whether we win it or lose, if we lose 4-0, that'd be okay. I've got to watch it with my dad. It's, I'm fizzing for it, mate. And this is why I do this. And we've done 
week in, week out with Tom, uh, with Jake, with uh, you know Mike, with all the other lads on the uh, on the podcast before Charlie. You know, different hosts on a radio show, all that sort of thing, and we've it's been grim, hasn't it? We've rocked up every week. West Ham being 16th or 17th in the Premier League. This for me, mate, I, I don't, I'm so excited for it. And I love West Ham. I love West Ham so, so much. And to be here watching it with my dad, who I love as well, and I've always got to watch West Ham with him. I feel so lucky. And I just think, you know, this podcast, this episode of it in particular, it's just, I can't. I've had lots of messages in the last couple of weeks saying how excited I was for it. And I still feel exactly the same. I still feel exactly the same now. I love this club and I'm so excited for what's coming this week. And I hope we get loads more rounds. I really do. I hope we win, obviously. I don't want to write it off already. But, mate, what a time this is to be a West Ham fan. And I love having got to talk about it with you every week because it's absolutely brilliant. You hit the nail on the head, mate, when, right at the beginning. Uh, and that was a really emotional speech, by the way. I do. That's how I feel, mate. Um, I love this club and I love everything about this. I think if you look back at... We, we decided to go at, go at a line on the podcast right at the beginning of COVID, which is coming up to the two-year anniversary of that. Yeah. Um, and at that time, we were pretty much resigning ourselves to going down again. Yeah. Um, Moyes had only been back a couple of months. Um, we were still trying to wrap our heads around that decision anyway. Um, we were worried. And then we came back after the football return, project restart, and we lost the first two games. And we thought, that's it. That's it. We're going down. Um, and that's less than two years ago. And now, now look where we are. Mm. Now look what we were about to embark upon. Um, in 48 hours time when we're recording this on Tuesday night like it's actually mental the journey we've been on over the last two years and um, it does make you incredibly incredibly proud to be a West Ham fan Um, just mental really what David Moyes has given us over the last 18 months Um, and hopefully hopefully um, we can have another one this season um, but I think more importantly, we now need to make sure that we we have this pretty much every season, um, and that's why the league form between now and the end of end of, end of the season is is incredibly important for, to me anyway, because I don't want this to, particularly given I'm missing this away game. Um, yeah, of course. And, and I missed Vienna. Um, Worth remembering, we paid out what five six hundred quid for us to both go and fly to Vienna, like so yeah. many other fans did. So you you got, you got tickets you got just to go to, to Genk. You went to Genk. Um, I was absolutely buzzing for Vienna and couldn't go yeah. um, because of obvious reasons. Um, obviously, can't go this week to Seville. Um, I don't even know when the quarterfinals are, but I've got a horrible feeling it's when I'm in Dubai at the beginning of April, which is even worse. Maybe we'll get. Maybe we'll get a. Uh, UAE away. Uh, yeah, hopefully. But um, I mean, that's why I'm just yeah. Okay, this is great. This is this week is historic for the football club, for the fans, and it's exactly what the fans deserve. By the way, after everything we've been through, particularly mm. over the last decade, hundred um, percent. It's nights like Thursday night and next Thursday in, in uh, London Stadium that yeah. us fans 
One, we were promised it. We've said it so many times in this podcast. This is what we were promised to begin with. Um, but two, this is what we deserve. All that crap that we've had to deal with. You mentioned it earlier with Allardyce. Yeah, okay, brought us back up, but it was dross. It was dross for four years. In the Premier, um, terrible. Av- Avram Grant taking us down. Rank. Um, you know. Embarrassing, disgrace to the like, football. Never, should never have had a West Ham badge. Sh- should never have been anywhere near the football club. And then, you know, you got, you mentioned Pellegrini earlier. Rubbish. Bilic All right, won- in the first, fair play to him. But Slaven cared about the club. Slaven Franco cared about the club. Yeah, one, one I mean? good season under Bilic, one and a half good season under Bilic, and it all fell yeah. apart. And suddenly we're back in the relegation battles again. And the, the, the stadium move was a complete shambles. Um, only really beginning to feel like home over the last 18 months. But that's linked to the fact that we've been quite good at football during that mm. period. Um, but we've been through it all and it, it extends beyond the GSB era and all of that. You know, We've been rubbish for 20 years. Really think about it. Not since Harry Redknapp when we were finishing fifth in 1999. Yeah. The, been any the good. FA Cup season, Alan Pardew, to, I loved that year. Uh, and then the last season at Upton Park. Other than that, mate, I mean, they're anomalies. Since I've been anomalies. alive, it's been dross. They're anomalies in in yeah. a twenty year period since in a two decade um, period, as you Red, mentioned, since yeah. Redknapp left, finishing fifth in ninety nine was our best since last season. Um, and even then, we only got to the Intertoto Cup, won that, and then went out the first round of the UEFA Cup, um, or the second round, or wherever it was, um, before they reformed it. I can't remember how it went, but that's how long it's been. And since we had something like this week, we deserved this. Um, and I want every single, you obviously, but every single West Ham fan out there in Spain this week to just lap it up, enjoy every single minute for it, minute of it. Uh, and I'm looking forward to hearing all the stories from you and all other West Ham fans that are lucky enough to be there this week. Um, yeah, you know, make, make the club proud, make us proud. Hopefully the players do the same. Um, and hopefully this is the first of many because we deserve it. Stunning, stunning stuff, mate. Absolutely now on the flipping head is the phrase. Look, bit of housekeeping. Follow us on Twitter, won't you? At we are underscore West Ham. On Instagram, we are West Ham Pod. Facebook search, we are West Ham Podcast. YouTube, do exactly the same. Some of the videos this week will be quality. The emotional chat for me and Jonesy there. The chat I did with Dan McGuinness earlier on, who works for Seville. One of my favourite ones, sitting out in Seville chatting to an employee at a club absolutely brilliant stuff go over and subscribe to our youtube channel won't you because uh yeah it's, it's some good stuff over there email us at we are at gmail.com if you want the links to all the ways you can follow us and contact we are west ham are included in the description to this podcast below and don't forget if you like what we're doing you can buy us a beer and support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash we are west ham that's buymeacoffee.com slash we are west ham donations start from as little as a fiver and hopefully this week shows you exactly where that money goes. Um, you know, bought some beers for the boys, the severe boys that, that came on the pod earlier. We've got cabs about the city, some equipment, mobile equipment that we've bought. Uh, hopefully bought it to life for you a little bit. So if you fancy chipping in, you can do that there at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. Some brilliant final thoughts from Jonesy there. And I'd just like to echo what he said, really. First of all, by saluting David Moyes, what that man has done to transform this football club to make us all so, so, so proud 
is is worthy of all of our praise forever and whatever whatever happens from now really if it goes downhill and if it goes to pot then okay but the fact is he was snubbed by the club most of us kind of agreed with what happened at first but he came back he swallowed his pride to come back again and what a hero he is anyone who's doubting him now you've got a warped idea of what West Ham United FC look like and should be because that man is totally the man who should be leading us is leading us at the moment and look where he's got us this week but you know hats off to David of course but what Jonesy has said just then this week and I want this this podcast you know we don't dedicate these things to to anyone ever but this is for those fans who especially the three to four thousand of you that are in Seville this week to watch the game and for the thousands of you who are in England or all around the world who wish you could be here but aren't Jonesy included in that no doubt for all of you who love West Ham just as much as me and James Jones do we deserve this. You deserve this. Flipping enjoy it this weekend, next week. If we lose the Villa in the Prem on Sunday, who gives us stuff? Because we've, less to, we've lost excuse me, to far lesser teams than Aston Villa home and away in the years and years and two decades, as Josie's mentioned, of, of attritional garbage that, we'd have, that we've had to be served up at Upton Park and the London Stadium. But we keep going back for more and more because we love West Ham United Football Club. This week and next week are phenomenal, absolutely huge, lapping every moment of it. Of course, I hope we get through, but if we don't, who cares? Because West Ham United FC took on Sevilla away in the Europa League in the last 16 knockout stage. If ever you were in doubt, then listen to these words. West Ham United are massive everywhere they go. Up the mighty hammers. Come at you, Irons, and we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.